Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold! Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Pickleloaf and Dr. Zong! Oh yeah, this week we're bringing you a little, uh, I'll change it up a little, we're doing uh, Lance Hendrickson hunting down motherfuckers double feature, we got, uh, we got Hard Target from 1993, it's so hard, we got Dead Man from 1995, daddy, it's so dead, yes, Zom, how are Our you, dick, sir? Dead dick. Dead dick. How are I'm you, sir? I'm fine. Um, I just ate some pepper jack cheese, mm-hmm. and I'm drinking some Lipton green, citrus green tea. I have my clothes on because it was a little chilly. It's a little cold. It's been cold <laughs> out. It's been frosty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's the temperature been in uh, Carolina? Well, one day we had, a, we had like a 73 day, and every other day it's been oh. like 45, 40. Jesus, I'd die for a 40 fucking degree day. It's been, it was like 26 when I, or no, 20, 21, I think when I left. Well, you live in Lindar Hills, so uh, you like that altitude. Virginia Hills, you know, but I'm going to Carolina in my mind. (laughs) We are. Well, I like, I like, you know, nothing wrong with the the land. Yeah, Yeah, that's all right. It's like it's you know. kind of a neat state. We got we got yeah. mountains and beach all yeah. in one. Pretty cool. I'm pretty good. Uh, it's been uh, we got Ric Flair, drunk old bastard. Can't won't just won't just retire already. Yeah. Um, pretty good week. You know, pretty good. Slow at work, kind of. I uh, guess people are gearing up for Christmas, so they're saving, gearing up. Saving it the won't be slow next fucking. Well, no, it it next not. week. Yeah, next week, Black Friday. They'll be pouring in there like poop through a poop sieve. <laughs> what about the? Uh, okay, let's uh, let's. I don't. I don't want to bring up a a sad subject. What about the theater? Yeah. So, the uh, anybody that follows me on Facebook uh, would have seen um, my uh, former place of employment. But this is a. Um, this is the, pl- the glory hole place the or glory the theater? Hole. Yeah, oh, but well, both. It had a glory hole. Oh, okay. Um, this is um, Galaxy Cinema in here in where in Cary where I live. The um, it's uh, it's gone officially, and, and we got very short notice of it. I you know I wasn't working there anymore, so I wasn't losing a job over it. But this is a place um, when I got out of school the second time. Um, 
I, it was, I, I was unable to find work and I ended up working at this theater and this was back in 03. So Jesus. this is a, this is a place that I've been involved with in some way for almost a decade. And, um, it wasn't galaxy cinema then, but it was still the same group of people running it and everything. So, but they um, got a very, very short notice last week that the theater would no longer be open as of Sunday. So we all Sunday night, uh, a lot of uh, current and former employees showed up and uh, we all kind of threw down a little bit in the theater after everybody left. And it was kind of <laughs> cool. Uh, the last patrons to leave, all, all uh, they were there watching. Every week they would show Walking Dead on Sunday night. And uh, so all the Walking Dead folks uh, gave everybody a... They were clapping us as they walked out, and um, I looked pretty, pretty dapper because I was <laughs> I had just come from a wedding. So everybody thought I was there dressed up because it was Galaxy's last night. I'm like, no, nope, just went to a wedding. Um, so yeah, <laughs> you know, I we, think I would have let them think that I was dressed up. <laughs> everybody was, you know, drinking beers and throwing frisbees, and it was pretty cool. So <laughs> we uh, and you hung pooped. out, uh, and I, 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 I. Uh, I was pinched one off, and it was the uh, the epitome of pinch. It was the <laughs> for old times' sake. I had to dump Man. one last time, but it will be torn down, so it'll officially be gone. So hopefully, the uh, business will open up elsewhere. We don't know. Um, I know that certain groups have approached the uh, owner, saying, you know, we uh, we should we should uh, move here, we should move there, or whatever. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. But you know, you know what. What you should, if you want, okay, we if we looked at supply and demand, and you know, you look at something that uh, would do well in that area, mm-hmm. you could show nothing but uh, <laughs> white power, gay hate, and uh, just you know those kind of, like movies like that. We would fucking make a bankroll. It, it would <laughs> and have concerts that were just like you know, like white power concerts and stuff like that. We'll just show Triumph of the Will and that new quote unquote Obama documentary over and over again. <laughs> yeah, what's that? What's the one? Uh, that, oh shit! What was the one that uh, was a the? Oh, it's an old silent film about the uh, Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, yeah, Triumph of the Will. <laughs> is that what that is? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, that will a- is not going to triumph. <laughs> <laughs> it's motherfuckers. You're dying out, motherfuckers. You yes, can secede. You, you can fucking complain and cry and act like a bunch of fucking jagoffs. Mm. Guess what? Jagoffs. <laughs> we shall overcome. You know what? One of these days. Well, I'm not even gonna get it. I don't give a. F- I do give a fuck. It's sickening. Um, but yeah, uh, so it was pretty sad. But uh, yeah. you know, the theater. Yeah, yeah, it sucks. But it, one of you these know, days, when you become rich, you can open up your own theater. I wish that would be great. Pay people less than minimum wage and shit like that. <laughs> Just be a jerk in, in general. <laughs> be a jerk. Get pissed off because you know they're pooping and doing all the <laughs> stuff that you did, watching movies after hours when you're supposed uh, to be closed. Yeah, so, and, uh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the theater just a little bit more, but, uh, we can get into what we've been watching this week. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, the last, uh, la- last week, I, uh, said that I had watched the first 30 minutes of Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning. And, uh, I finished it. Yeah. And, um, this movie, I'm telling you what, people. Now, I paid nine ninety nine <laughs> for it. Because I wasn't going to go to the theater that weekend, and I thought, well, you know, it's just like going to the theater if I got something to eat or whatever at the theater. 
So I watched it, and it's good. It is a uh, it's an action fest. It is ridiculously violent. You see, I've said I said this last week, but you see dick, you see fucking, you see tit, uh, you see Dolph, you see Jean Claude Van Damme with a shaved head and acting crazier than sh- like weird crazy, and Dolph acting like his just great Dolph self, and that's Scott Adkins. Okay, let me tell you about him. <laughs> I have a theory about Scott Adkins. He is very good at the martial arts, and he looks really good when he's doing them and everything. He's not a great actor, but he's not a bad actor. I just don't see the charisma there. Yeah, It's like he's kind of, you know, like you look at Van Damme, you look at Dolph or Wesley Snipes or whatever. They have a certain, even Bruce Lee, you know, Jim Kelly. That he He just kind of, you know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of the WWE now, where everybody kind of looks the same and is really kind of generic looking. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of generic looking. But anyway, it was it was definitely worth a watch, and I'm sure now it's probably you can probably rent it for on there way cheap, like two ninety nine or something like that. Um, I watched the Amazing Spider Man, which set off a bevy of posts for people <laughs> who were nitpicking the living shit out of it and saying how this and that and blah. It, 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 that fucking movie, I never suspected this, became like another Prometheus. So I just bailed out because, you know, I, I watched it with probably about, um, I don't know, six of my friends and, and nobody liked picked it. it to shit. And we just sat there and watched it and enjoyed it and thought it was good. So whatever. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Um, I don't think – you know, I did ask my friend. Uh, I said, which do you lo- did you like better, the Toby, Toby Maguire or um, Will's boyfriend? What's his name? Andrew Garfield. Garfield, yes. Simon and Garfield. Um, and, you know, we just really couldn't even you know, make up our minds. It wasn't that much of a – of a huge difference, but I mean, I thought he did a good job, and I liked his uh, funny stuff when he was, you know, in his Spider-Man costume. Uh, the standout was Dennis Leary, aka Wayne Gretzky. Uh, <laughs> now, <laughs> I thought he was really good, and I made fun of him. I was like, "Look at, look at fucking Dennis Leary being all Hollywood, you know, and everything." Um, but he's good. Um, he's a pretty good actor too. Uh, well, she gets gets been getting a lot of practice, of course, because he had that TV show. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rescue me. Uh, next thing I watched was now this was the second of the. I actually spent twenty dollars on fucking movies by because I rented <laughs> this one, which was also a nine ninety nine one, um, and it um, hasn't even hasn't been released to the theaters. Uh, same with Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning. I think that that should be released in the theater. It will. It uh, it says on I saw I don't remember where I read it, but it says it's going to be released November thirtieth in theaters. Right. Well, so that's the thing. Like I said, I think uh, maybe iTunes does that. First of all, they're going to get at least a ticket price out of it. And like I said, if six of my friends watched it and we didn't divide it, I mean, I paid for it, but you say six people watched it for nine ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Deadfall. Um, that's the name of the other one. Mm-hmm. And um, I saw the trailer for it, and I was like, fuck. First of all, I was like, what a cast. Eric Bana, Olivia Wilde, uh, Kate Mara, who is way better than that fucking weirdo-looking Rooney Mara, um, Chris Christopherson, Sissy Spacek, and Treat Williams. Um, but the trailer sold the fuck out of it for me. 
Uh, I have a thing for Olivia Wilde anyway. I think she's hurt. <laughs> and uh, Eric Bana was awesome in it. Oh, and um, Charlie, I can't remember what his name is, but he is the guy who plays Jax on Sons of Anarchy. He's the main Oh, yeah, Hunnam or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, this was really fucking good, and Bana is just fucking awesome. And Olivia Wilde is naked. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's got something in it that I'm not going to say. I almost just said that uh, <laughs> it's definitely silver and gold GGTMC stuff. Um, next thing I watched was a movie called Fire with Fire. And this stars Bruce Willis, uh, Josh Trammell, who was married to Fergie Ferg, uh, Rosario Dawson, 50 Cent. And Quentin Rampage Jackson. Oh, boy. Okay, now, I will say this, people. Um, for a straight-to-DVD movie, and, you know, if if a movie has 50 cent in it, nine times out of ten, maybe 9.9, or no, well, yeah, 9.95% of the time is straight-to-DVD. Wait a minute. I just farted. <laughs> it was like a little, uh, kind of like a trumpet. Um, Lord, (laughs) wait a minute. There was a song called "You Take My Breath Away." (laughs) I don't know what to say, but I don't think they were talking about that. Um, This was all right. It wasn't. uh, uh, Tremel is a firefighter, and um, oh, and it has uh, Vincent D'Onofrio in it as a crazy redneck white supremacist. Uh, he's got like uh, swastikas tattooed all over him and shit. Um, and so, Tramel is a fire. Reason that, that fits for him. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> he's he is good at playing a fucking weirdo. Yeah. Uh, but it, it wasn't great. But it was all right for just a, like a kind of an action, you know, actiony thingy. Um, speaking of that, uh, the next thing I watched was in Blu-ray, and it was called Maximum Conviction, starring Star Steven Seagal. <laughs> and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin. My mama just, or, hey, hey, my mama just died. I got to go take a shit. My cat got run over by a car. I love you. I'm going to beat your ass. Every line is the exact, he is the exact same. He is brutal to, uh, as far as an actor goes. And even as an action star, like you see these guys like Scott Adkins or somebody doing karate, mm. and they look really fluid. Or he just, it, I don't, I, I know he's got a really fucked up neck and shit. And, and then he's, he, well, he's he gets all too. juiced up before like the movie. I'm sure because his forearms were all fucking. You can see like every muscle in him and shit. But he he gets this look on his face the whole time through the whole movie where he looks like he's constipated. Like his face is all crinkled he's got, up. He's got like, the he's got the zom just farted face. Yeah, it's like he just smelled like he smelled something bad. He's trying to look mean, but he has that horrible line delivery. Now he did have a couple of lines in this that really made me laugh. Seagal is so fat in this; it is fucking. Now what's bad is he has his coonskin cap on, <laughs> which is just as black as goddamn black fucking can be. But when he had his big shirt on and he was wearing all black, so I guess that kind of slimming, he just, you know, you could kind of. He almost blends into the background. Oh, my God. He, they said, 
Uh, okay, Michael Pere is sort of like the Hans Gruber kind of guy, I guess. Right. And um, so they they have these security cameras up all over this black ops off the grid prison, and they're in there. And Seagal's coming in, and they go, "Here comes so Mason or whatever the fuck his name is in full tactical gear." Jesus Christ! <laughs> he looked like he had an umpire, uh-huh. one of those old umpire chest protectors that uh-huh. goes all the way down and has a thing that covers your dick too. Yeah, the, the big, the big thick ones. Like it was. Yes, like a, and like, it was. Yeah. Not only was that thing big and thick, but his <laughs> it made his belly look even bigger because it stood uh-huh. out so far. Then he had his hat turned around backwards and these these like shooting glasses on. He looked like Paul Blart. Mall cop. Well, not Paul Blart, <laughs> the guy that plays Paul Blart. Kevin or no, James. no, 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 no. Let me say he looked more like when George Costanza was trying to impress Tony, who was the guy, who was that guy from MTV that was such a, oh, I can't remember, he was like Tony on, on, on Seinfeld. And so because Tony wore his hat backwards, George put his hat on backwards oh, yeah. and looked like Charlie Brown. That's what Seagal looks like. And when in, in Blu ray, Man, Seagal, his face looks like a, a big roll, like if somebody took a big glop of dough and put it in the oven, and it's got pores all over it, and it's really oh. fat. Oh, my God, it was bad. Okay, but and <laughs> Michael Perret looked fucking great. Hell, he was in great shape. And he's like Lawrence Olivier compared to those fuckers. This was – it was – Fairly entertaining, uh, you know. It's straight to DVD, but it was definitely it was entertaining. Uh, if you like to, like you know, whatever. If you're one of us, you'll like it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the next thing I watched was the local. Okay, now this was um, last week. I watched a movie called "Pray, uh, Pray to a Vengeful God," yeah, and it yeah, was yeah. by this guy who wrote, directed, and starred in it, named Dan. Eberl, E-B-E-R-L-E. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I found another one that he did, and it's called The Local, and it was really good. I mean, he's a good director. He's a pretty good actor. I mean, you know, he's not like the greatest thing in the world, but I mean, compared to like Wahlberg or um, to fucking, he's way better than Channing Tatum. Um, he's got a good look and everything, but it was a good movie, and it was violent and it had a lot of drugs in it and a lot of really sleazy gross stuff including <laughs> this one guy who um like we had mentioned before how the iron sheik you know he was doing steroids but yeah, it's because yeah. you could like you could see like if he had a six-pack but his stomach looked really bloated like he was pregnant <laughs> because i guess they take that hgh or something and then it makes their fucking intestines and shit swell up i don't know why what it is but this guy looked like that except he was real skinny but he was real cut and his stomach was sticking out like that and he had these really fucking long pointy nipples for a man so he, I don't know if he was on the verge of bitch tit or what. That's a steroid term too. Okay, but that one's a good movie. Um, for an indie movie, yeah, I mean both those movies are good. Uh, I, I, you know, like see what else the guy comes out with. And I, and I know these were really really low budget shit. Yeah, yeah. And the and this one guy in both of them, he was a pretty major character in the first one. The second one, he was. You know, he was in it, and but not as much of a character. He reminds me, reminded me of the uh, lead guitar player for Soundgarden. If that guy <laughs> got up to like two hundred fifty pounds, <laughs> but that guy, the actual guy, I can't remember what his name is in real life. He actually died hmm. of um, uh, some something disease or something like that because they dedicated the first movie to him. Uh, next thing I watched was U five seven one with a. Well, I, I have John Bon Jovi down first, but I mean, he wasn't like 
a main guy in it. But Matthew McConaughey was the main one. Uh, uh, Harvey Keitel, mm-hmm. Bill Paxton, uh, and it's a submarine movie. I had never seen that, and it wasn't bad. Oh, um, uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, submarine movies. A lot of them are. I don't. I don't want to say they're dime a dozen because there's always. You can always get that tension mm. when they're under under the water and the ships above them and they're trying to be real quiet and they start dropping depth charges or something like that or they go too deep and the thing starts creaking and shit you know so it was it was pretty good i mean mcconaughey has this one look where he looks like he's kind of wide-eyed and you know i don't know it's he just has this one look and he didn't take his shirt off in this so um, I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, <laughs> I watched Predators with uh, Adrian Brody, Larry Fishburne, Danny Trejo, Oleg Taktarov for all you MMA fans, uh, old MMA fans, and uh, Topher Grace, who I don't know if I would say that I'd hate him, but <laughs> I sometimes do. Um, this was all right. I mean, it's it's just a fucking – Predator movie. I mean, you know, uh, and and I thought Adrian Brody was pretty good as at his um, as the uh, kind of Clint Eastwoody badass main guy. Yeah, I thought it was a weird but, choice for it, but yeah, it was I, a weird I mean, choice. Was, I liked him. He has a big nose. It was a pretty good. Movie. Um, yeah. I thought Fishburne's character. Um, they went into it a little bit too fast, like. He discovers him, takes him back to his thing, and then the next thing you know, bam! I thought they should have had him come along, waste you know earlier, and have them draw that out. Uh, let's see. I watched House on Telegraph Hill, which is 1951 Robert Wise film uh, with Richard Basehart and Valentino Cortez. Uh, this was pretty good. It's a you know an old black and whitey. Um, had some. Uh, it's kind of a. It's a. Th- thriller i guess sort of i don't know if i want to say noir or not but it's you know i guess it has elements of that but it's, uh-huh. it's just an old-time thriller um but it was pretty good i just it, they just added it to netflix and the um you know i didn't know what the fuck it was but it said you know it was uh, about a woman who had been in a uh, like a nazi concentration camp and then takes somebody else's um identity mm-hmm Whatever. But anyway, if you want to watch it, watch it. I'm not going to tell you anymore. <laughs> I watched uh, Pig Hunt. Uh, or, well, I was going to make a comment and try and work in Pig Cunt. But uh, Pig Hunt is another Netflix instant watch. Don't even ask me why. Every once in a while when I'm flipping through just trying to find something to watch, this just caught my eye. And I thought, you know what? I don't watch horror movies that much. This seems like – I like animals. I like you know stuff like that. And this was uh, – uh, it's done – I guess in a lot of horror movies, you know, they they really make you dislike some of the people that are the victims, and boy, do they on on this one. <laughs> so when that hog, when Hogzilla goes berserk, <laughs> you know, when they're saying at the beginning and they're like, "Hey, them pigs you got hanging up over there, how much they, how how big are they?" And they're like, "Oh, about three hundred pounds. What's the biggest one ever? Three thousand pounds." <laughs> oh, you know. But anyway, it's. It's this one's fun. I mean, it's fun to kind of to laugh at, but boy, there's a few people in it that I mean are just like, uh, I don't understand how anybody, because it's it's almost like one of the situations where you have like the main guy, say he's the nice guy, kind of hero guy, 
and he supposedly has these friends from his past. And there's no way that this guy would have been friends with these people. They were just so scummy and such <laughs> assholes. You know, um, I watched the Kremlin letter, which was really good. I have been meaning to see this for years, but it was out of print for a long, long time. Uh, this, um, did I read? Oh, Patrick O'Neill, uh, Richard Boone, who I love, and uh, Nigel Green, who is fucking awesome in this. It, it's a Cold War uh, spy movie, mm-hmm. and it's kind of along the lines of a uh, John Lacare kind of a thing where it's it's realistic, and in it being realistic, it shows how scummy just about everybody is. They, I mean. The spy game isn't full of nice people. They're f- it's full of criminals, scumbags, degenerates, perverts. So it's really good. Uh, if you had a chance, check that one out. Um, I watched Savages, which uh, also iTunes. They released that um, for the last couple of weeks where you could watch it on iTunes um, in HD. But I think it was just for rental, and it was $19.99. Or maybe you could buy it. I can't remember. But I guess my computer uh, – now, when, you know, when I'm watching Netflix, it has a thing that says, you know, do you want to watch this in HD or you know, even YouTube? But on iTunes, if it's HD and I try and download it, it says that your, your computer has to be compatible with HD or to view this HD movie, and it won't even let you download it. Huh. Um, so I don't know why, but anyway, I wasn't going to spend nineteen ninety nine. This is Oliver Stone's last movie, uh, not last. Well, the last one he did, not like he's dead. Um, the guy from Kick Ass, who was Kick Ass, I guess is Aaron Taylor Johnson, mm-hmm. Taylor Kish, uh, Blake Lively, Benicio del Toro, John Travolta, and Salma Hayek. Uh, it's a blot about uh, the Mexican cartels and growing weed that has what is it THC that's like normally three to five percent and these guys come up with this weed that is like 33 percent and so anyway but I mean okay I had high hopes for this movie and it is good the only thing is when I think Oliver Stone and I think Platoon or I think Salvador I think that it's going to be a certain thing, and this is – it's very commercial. Uh, I have come to find that Blake Lively is a, is a, like my female version of Channing Tatum. <laughs> First of all, she can't – she's not a very good actress. She's not that great looking. I mean, she, you know – Oh, I'd fuck her. Well, no shit, but whatever. But she's not like somebody you're like, oh my God. But she is so fucking annoying in this. Now, I will say this. Her character, I think, is supposed to be a dimwit California girl, Mm -hmm. um, rich girl. But I saw her on like Letterman, and she is just like this character. Uh -uh. So she got on my nerves so bad that, put it this way. The Mexican cartel that was cutting people's heads off and torturing them and shit like that. I almost kind of, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Selma Hayek was hot. She still fucking has a smoking body. She had a tight uh, dress on and um, in one part. And, man, her ass is just like pow and her titties are bang. And um, 
Benicio del Toro is the best part of the fucking movie, yeah. uh, hands down. Uh, but it's worth watching, you know. Um, uh, it's now on iTunes. Uh, you can get it in just standard definition for I think three ninety nine or something. Cool. Rent it. And I watched right before we went on the air. I at ten o'clock I watched started watching a two hour movie, and it's called Hotel Rwanda with uh, Don Cheadle and Nick Nolte. And I finished up at noon. That's pretty good. Uh, right before we went on air, uh, never had never seen this, and um, it is very good. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I've always liked movies about the mercenaries in the in the you know uh 60s and 70s that were in Africa and the Congo and and uh whether it's um um Dark of the Sun or Wild Geese or Dogs of War or something like that um uh, and this movie is really good um if you like something like Schindler's List or something like that I mean this is a true story and um uh, it's just awful, man. It's like one of those ones where, uh, just to give you an idea, there's a scene where Don Cheadle and this guy go to get um, like just food, some kind of supplies or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a civil war going on between the Tutsis and the Hutu in Af- in Rwanda. And um, they even explain that like River Phoenix has a really small part in it. And he's a reporter and he's asking these girls in this bar, well, what's – the Hutu and the Tutsis. What's the difference? And basically, when the Belgians were in Rwanda, they almost just like created. Um, it's almost like a tribe thing, but they created like almost like uh, two classes, and they would go around and say, "Okay." They would measure like Af- or, you know these African people like measure how wide their noses were, right? And if you had a thinner nose and you were lighter skinned or whatever, then you were a Hutu. And then if you didn't, you were a Tootsie. But then, like, River Phoenix is talking to these two girls, and he goes, you guys could be twins. One of them was a Hutu, one of them was – it was just something stupid. But it, because the Belgians said, you're one thing, and then you're, and you're the other, then – and the ones had more power or whatever, then it caused all this friction, which has went from generation to generation to generation. But there's one scene that just was chilling because if I thought about it in – the perspective of where we live now, uh, they were driving to this place and it was real foggy in the morning. And as they were driving down this road, they just started going, you know, like boom, 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 boom in this van, like they were running over something. There were so many dead bodies on the road. It, you know, when you see a dead deer on the road, say, take a thousand dead deer and just lay them along the road. I mean, within a, you know, I don't know, 500 yards or right, something right, like right. that. There was that many dead people, and they didn't they, could, they didn't know what they were running over until they stopped. And when he got the got out, they were like, "Holy fuck!" Um, so anyway, it's really it's really good movie. It got nominated for Academy Awards and stuff like that. Uh, the year it was out, I can't remember what it was, but that's all I have. What a list! Well, it wasn't really a big list. I I actually wrote down some people's names and shit, and yeah. uh, it's actually a smaller list than what I usually have. <laughs> but I I uh, elaborated a little bit. More. Elaborated. Elab. Um, I had uh, uh, a pretty uh, uniform week. Um, so, well, I started off last week um, while I was editing, quote unquote, editing I, the show. When I say editing, I basically just uh, change it over to MP3 and I'm done with it. <laughs> but um, I was watching um, American Raspberry, 
uh, or this is also called Prime Time. This is on one of the Mill Creek sets. Oh this God, is, the Mill Creek. Well, this is this is weird. I don't even know which set it was on. I just had the DVD up here in the in the Silver and Gold Studios, and um, <laughs> this is kind of a. Um, <laughs> this is kind of a Kentucky Fried movie kind of uh, kind of a film um, where all it is is just kind of like rapid fire, like, like absurd TV commercials. Um, there's one for like women's douche, and one of the scents is like is like salmon or something like that. It's it's it's. I, I thought it was going to be really bad. Like it started off like, what is this shit? But it was actually kind of funny. I mean, I think this is like a. Like the second one, this guy Bradley Swirnoff directed it, and I th- he did one other one that's supposed to be pretty close to this, the before this one. Um, and looking through the people that are in it, I mean, there, I, I thought I saw him, but uh, Warren Oates appears in it. Um, uh, the guy from what is his name? John Claude Van Damme. <laughs> yes, Harry Sharer is in it. Briefly, oh. I mean, it's it's just like there's so many people that you'll just like recognize that like flash by the screen. I mean, it's pretty crude. Um, this is kind of a late, it's a late seventies movie, like seventy seven. A woman's douche that smells like salmon. Uh, <laughs> that says it all. <laughs> right, right. I mean, but it was it was. I mean, I laughed a few times. I was surprised. It's pretty funny. Um, it's called Prime Time on the Mill Creek set on IMDb. It's called American Raspberry. So wouldn't that be awesome if you could actually if you knew someone that had like a the skills to uh, create like a box and you went and got like a, like actual, like a, a butts douche and, and they, they printed off a box and you put the douche in there and then smuggled it into a grocery store and set it on the shelf. And it's, it's not like sand. trout or something. Yeah. <laughs> that is so awesome. Um, let's see. So what made my week uniform is my, uh, my watching of a uh, uh, man with the iron fist last week really put me in a Shaw brothers mood. Yeah. So not only did I listen to Wu Tang Clan and uh, and uh, stuff like that all week, but I also watched a bunch of Shaw Brothers movies. So I started with um, House of Traps, which I read an interview with um, Eli Roth, who was one of the he he helped RZA write um, the story for, or at least, well, I guess RZA was working on the story for Iron Fists, but uh, Eli Roth kind of helped him out, and he was a producer on the movie. But House of Traps was one of the inspirations of the movie. But um, this one was pretty good. Uh, this is a um, uh, pretty cool set. Um, basically, the House of Traps is a a big not not a prison, but something where these guys would keep, like hide gold or whatever that they didn't want gotten. And you know, like the floors would be spiked, or the mm-hmm. stairs would flip over, or there'd be like these weird net things. It was pretty cool. So. Um, I like that one a lot. Uh, I watched Shaolin Mantis. Um, this one started off kind of slow, but man, was it fucking good by the time it ended. This, is, this one is like a guy who, um, he's a spy for, you know, most a lot of Kung Fu movies always end up being one dynasty trying to hold on to power while, you know, rebels try to take over. Basically, this guy's coming into this house and he's a spy for, upstarts so to speak but he ends up falling in love with the daughter of the guy that like leads the house and um can't leave and they won't let him leave because they suspect that he is a a spy and there's a just some fantastic choreography when um he's finally i guess uncovered and the grandfather the leader of the house 
is trying basically just trying to kick his ass while his now you know his granddaughter and her mother try to protect him so it was a really neat like sequence where the granddad is going after this guy while trying not to hit the his granddaughter and daughter except they're you know trying to block him. it was really it was really cool so it ended up being a pretty good movie i liked it a lot Shaolin Mantis or Deadly Mantis, I think it's also called. Yeah. And you actually get to see some praying man. He learns his style from a praying mantis. He's, he's sitting there watching a praying mantis get all pissed. And he's like, oh, maybe I can do that too. It was pretty cool. Um, I thought this was a revisit. Ended up, um, ended up, I'd probably only seen the first half. Uh, this is a Clan of the White Lotus. This is a Gordon Liu uh, Lolie movie. Um, Lolie plays this. I guess he's just priest Lotus and he's such a dick, <laughs> but there's, a, <laughs> uh, and he just keeps fucking with Gordon, Gordon Lou, his, his whole family's like wiped out. And this guy, uh, uh, priest Lotus, um, he's got this ability to just kind of become as light as a feather or paper. So every time Gordon Lou like uses his powerful strikes, it just blows the guy backwards. And then he's just a dick. Like he'll like hold his hands behind his back and just kick Gordon Lou's ass anyway. So Gordon Lou keeps having to retreat, and go train and then come back again. Um, Lolier put apparently was pretty, he was pretty huge in, in Hong Kong cinema as far as action goes through the seventies. And I watched another film with him later. Uh, actually I finished it this morning. So, but um, I'd never seen the second half of this movie and there's some really funny stuff with Gordon Liu trying to attack him in the bath and he goes flying through the air, butt naked. I posted that picture on our, Nice <laughs> on our uh, on our Facebook group. Uh, I always it, lock my bathroom. I live by myself, and I I'm not one of these people that leaves my doors unlocked. I mean, my doors are always <laughs> locked. Right? When I go in and get in the bathtub and watch a movie, I close the bathroom door and lock it. <laughs> you don't want the dogs. And sometimes to get in. I have my pistol in there. <laughs> That's kind of weird. And sometimes you what? have yours. Sometimes you have your chili in there too. Sometimes <laughs> you can. Sometimes um, I have a uh, a ring on my uh, like the the not the toilet seat like the half circle thing, but the actual lid. Right, uh, right, there's right. a there's a ring on a coffee ring on there where I sit my coffee cup, my cappuccino, <laughs> or it um, might be a poop ring. I don't know. It's uh-oh. something. Uh, so what I, when I said we the theater would come back up again, we we all watched uh, Back to the Future. We started at fucking like 1 a.m. I didn't make it through the whole thing, but, you know, this is a movie I've seen two dozen times in my life probably, and uh, it's fun, you know. All of us were sitting there, you know, running commentary. There's only one person in the theater that hadn't seen it, but uh, we were all uh, just yelling at the screen and stuff. It was cool, so. Did, um, like, what feeling did you get when Marty McFly and his mother almost started having sex the first time you saw that <laughs> did you want her to did you want him to fuck or what uh you know i i mean it's 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 Why leah not? it's leah thompson you know you kind of want to see her naked even whatever yeah. matter what. i thought you know i was kind of i think it was weird or whatever it's like taboo <laughs> or something with kay parker but still um you know? no but i love this movie so uh let's see i watched another kung fu uh killer constable um this one ended up being pretty being pretty badass also uh this one was uh this one is uh an 80s film and ended up they they filmed a lot of it outdoors which is really kind of weird for uh Shaw Brothers films a lot of them are done on sets and you can usually tell which is what i like about them but 
this one had a lot of outdoor stuff, which was pretty cool. But the Killer Constables, somebody had mentioned it. I can't run on the Facebook group. I can't remember who it was, but it is kind of like a lone wolf and cub kind of feel at times. Um, like me and uh, Justin Oberholzer at Damascus. Right, right. Push him around in a cart. <laughs> Oh my god, that would be hysterical, especially if he, especially if he was only wearing like the fucking like loincloth in the cart. Yeah, that happens, but that's usually after hours. Cosplay. You need to. You guys need to build this for her, her hound so you can push him. Oh off. my god, it's gonna be bad enough. I'm just you know just expecting what he might you know do. Um, Killer Constable <laughs> is uh, he's he's a he's just a kind of a dirty hairy kind of character. They sent him yeah. out to like track down some gold thieves. Um, he's got this giant fucking like squared off sword and it's pretty cool. Um, let's see. I watched, uh, I'm getting ready to watch the new universal soldier. So I've, I've not seen no, well, I haven't seen the two straight to video ones, but I've heard that you can skip those. So I, was, I have only seen the f- first one. Yes. I've seen the I first one. I don't think I've seen any of the other ones in between. Okay. Well, I wanted to watch them. I watched universal soldier, the return, this is the one with Michael Jai White as the supercomputer Universal Soldier, and it also has Bill Goldberg, who oh, okay, yeah. I think I think Stone Cold might be a better actor. But does uh, <laughs> it have Van Dam and? Uh, yeah, 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 Van Dam's in it. No uh, Dolph. Dolph is dead still, so he because okay. he was chopped up in the first one. So yeah, but he's a Universal Soldier. Right. So basically, well, that's true though. Well, you got um, Van Dam in this one is a um, he. He's a universal soldier, but he's kind of like the 1.0 version. And now there's a, a basically a private company that creates like the next version, and they're supposed to be even better. So he's like in charge of helping test them and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then Michael Jai White is uh, he's pretty fucking like man. Watching him do karate, I mean, like he's like a Scott Atkins type yeah. kind of guy. Although he's like a little him. more he's a little more charismatic. Yeah, he's really good. He's got a terrible like fucking box haircut in the movie, but and Goldberg's pretty worthless. But you know, he had some funny moments. I guess he he kept throwing, getting his head blasted through walls and stuff, which is kind of funny. He did a spear on somebody, of course. So. He was um, the Jewish Universal Soldier, right? Right. Um, and then I finished off. I watched the Rescue. This is a Jake McLarge huge recommendation. Another earlier. This is an earlier <laughs> Shaw, Shaw Brothers movie, um, also starring Lolier. Uh, this is a uh, this is from seventy one. Um, this was uh, this one takes place earlier than a lot of their later films because this one takes place in like the I don't know when, when the Mongolians were invading whenever that is twelve or thirteen hundreds, and um, it's kind of a based on a I guess a Chinese legend of a guy that was the head of a dynasty that was held prisoner by the Mongolians and wrote a song and is about the people that went and got the song out and became like a national song for everybody to, you know, Hmm. to unite and fight against any outside invaders. But, um, this is a wuxia. So there's a lots of like, you know, it's, there's not as much Kung Fu as there is sword play and lots of people just like, you know, you, when they jump, they jump like 40 feet (laughs) to fly through the air basically. Um, but it was pretty, it was pretty fun. And fucking Bolo Young is in it. Um, his shirt is removed within the first like 10 seconds. He's on screen. He's dressed like, gotta get those breasts out. (laughs) He doesn't flex his tits. So they weren't quite, they didn't quite have the bottom definition yet. (laughs) He's still, he's still really big and they play up on that because like his style of fighting is to fight like 18 guys at once. And like at one point he pulls a fucking like door off of a prison cell and swings that around as a weapon. But, um, 
he's dressed like a fucking genie through the whole thing because the Mongolians have these curly shoes and he's got this like top knot on his hair. He's shaved bald except for this like long ponytail on top of his head. Um, but it was fun. I liked it. It was good. Good movie. Um, you know, it's it's a it's not a super epic movie or anything. It's only like eighty minutes long, so nice, quick, breezy. Um, and that was it. Yes. So lots of kung fu. I might watch a couple more this week. I'm still in the mood, so. Yeah, we go out and try out some of those moves. <laughs> I'll fucking Let's go down the street I'll Friday myself. night. Yeah. Whip somebody's ass. Uh, let's take a break and come back. Do you have a preference? What we should review first? I don't even have a preference about doing the show anymore. Oh, okay. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we could do, let's see. Well, let's just do. Okay. Wait a minute. Let me, I got a coin. Let's do I it. I got a coin. Flip I got it. A coin. Flip it. Okay. Heads. We do hard target tails. The other one tails, whatever it was called. Dead man. Tails, we, we're going to do Hard Target first. Hard Target. We'll be right back with some yeah. Hard Target, some JCVD, some Lance Hendrickson. We'll be right back. GGTMC live for you, fresh air. Big Willie and the Samurai are at your service, breaking films down and turning them around. Given recommendations that are always on point. Visit ggtmc.com for more information. The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema, bringing class to the trash since 1977. Directed by John Wu. I believe this is our second Wu, Daddy Wu. Starring Jean-Claude Van Damme, Lance Henriksen, Yancey Butler. What a crappy name. Butler? Yancey Butler. Yancey. Arnold Vosloo and, uh, yeah, Wilford Brimley appears in here. Oh, Wilford, doing the best French accent I ever done heard. Wait. Well, you got to give him, you know, <laughs> a little went, leeway because he's got diabetes. He went for it. He, he's got the beatus, but he went for it. Oh, 
All right. A woman hires a drifter as her guide through New Orleans in search of her father who has gone missing. They discover a de- deadly game of cat and mouse behind his disappearance in the process. Papa. Her daddy. Shit. <laughs> Dr. Zom, what did you think of Hard Target? I love Hard Target. Um, okay, now I saw this in the theater when it came out. Yes. And I liked it then. Now, I will say I think I liked it for different reasons now. Mm-hmm. It's the gift that keeps giving. <laughs> I uh, literally was laughing out loud while I was watching this uh, now, which I didn't when I saw it when I was very young. Uh, eh, when was this out? 93? 93. No, wasn't that goddamn young? No, uh, 93? 20 years almost this movie is. Fuck, I thought it was older than that. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, I thought it was really kick-ass when I first saw it. And... Um, now I think it is so um, entertaining and uh, amusing for uh, lots of reasons. Okay. okay. First of all, you have Jean-Claude Van Damme, who is a Cajun from Belgium. <laughs> or no, Brussels, I'm sorry. The Muscles from Brussels is playing a Cajun. So that's how they get away with his accent. And... Uh, uh, of course, uh, Yancey Butler, uh, she, was, she was actually a star on the rise at one time, and she was in a TV show. They, there was a comic book called Witchblade, and she was, uh, yeah, she played, uh, she was the star show, of that. Right? And it was, the show was actually pretty good. But uh, Yancey, I think, liked to drink like a lot oh. and way, way, way too much. And she kind of had some issues, so she went away um, and lost a lot of her uh, momentum. And um, I don't think she, you know, she, she, I I don't know if I want to say she became poison, but she didn't get used uh, as much and kind of went downhill. I haven't seen her in anything in a long time, I don't think. Um, Poor Yancey. Now, um, she does have very, very black and pretty thick eyebrows. So, and um, um, she she kind of has a distinct look. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't know how to put it. I at one time I thought she was pretty, but then now I watch it and she's kind of weird looking, especially with those goddamn eyebrows. Because her hair was brown, but her eyebrows almost looked like they were just black as black could be. But she is – her name is Natasha Binder or Nat. Your, your mama named you after a bug. Um, so you get a lot of Van Damme saying mama, papa, daddy, wallet and shit like that, um, which is funnier than shit. Uh, now, this movie um, definitely has some style to it. Van Damme's fucking hair is um, now I don't remember seeing as many guys that weren't like uh, in the NWA wrestling that had hair like that I saw a lot of um, in my lifetime uh, how should I put this some I don't know. I don't know because it's hard to say. I've seen a lot of women with that hairstyle that are a particular 
sexual preference. <laughs> He's got a lesbian mullet. Huh? He does have a lesbian mullet. It's very, it's a very butch kind of, uh, you know, yeah. Well, anyway. Um, Did he uh, have this mullet like he, in the other you movie? No, I know Louisiana is pretty, uh, or New Orleans, pretty probably humid and hot and everything. now. But it seems like he's got some hair product or something in there because it looks greasy. Yeah. And um, it's um, kind of like it's slicked back, and then he's got this mullet. And um, also wears a trench coat. So I don't know how hot it really was, you know, because, I mean, he's wearing a fucking <laughs> trench coat a lot of the time. Um, but um, Natasha comes into they, – they, they, they kind of set it up right off the bat that Chance Boudreaux uh, is <laughs> a little bit down on his luck. He's very popular because it seems like just about everybody in New Orleans knows him. Uh, the women – he always has that, you know – Van Damme had the charisma, you know, he gave the yeah. chicks a little wink and shit, you right, know, right. and, um, but he has to pay for his soup with like just a handful of change and, uh, his Natasha, gumbo. she comes in to the diner and she whips out her wallet and of course, you know, chances looks over and sees her flashing around this money and, and he immediately sees these bad guys, you know, like these, these hoods, these heavies. And they're just like vultures, you know, and so he knows what the score is. And so anyway, you get pretty pretty early. You get to see Van Damme's skills um, <laughs> with his karate uh, or whatever. Does is he does does he do karate? Is that karate? No, I don't know what that is. It's like his... ballet, kind of. <laughs> you know. But I'm not sure what his style is. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's Cajun Cajun karate. Yeah. So. um there, there's one part that, like when that happens and he's helping her. You thought, you know, she was. I mean, first of all, I think this took place. Oh, there was a policeman strike. So, because when you first start watching it, it's it's kind of like, okay, well, what the fuck? Okay, this is broad daylight, and these guys are kind of trying to rob this chick, and then they bend her over the car like they're going to fuck her up the ass. Right there in the middle of the street. Oh, here you go. His styles consist of kickboxing, uh, Shotokan karate, Muay Thai, and Taekwondo. There you go. And um, But he, when he uh, comes to sort of her aid, you know, they're getting ready to do some shit to her, bend her over and stuff, and he says something and they turn around. Well, right before they fight, he's got that trench coat on, but he it's kind of like more like a just for style because I think he has the sleeves kind of pushed up. Yeah. Uh, he he pushes the trench coat back like a guy that has like a a gun would do. I know. I thought he was going to pull out a like I, if I were those dudes facing off with him I'd be like, "Whoa, got a gun. We got to do something because he swoops he swoops back." But he's got jacket. something better than a gun. He's got his leg. <laughs> he's got the fucking fist of steel. He's got that fucking thigh, man, and and he can he can jump shit. Now, the, the there was the way Wu shoots this whole movie. I mean, you get it's it's classic Wu. I mean, you get lots and lots and lots of slow motion. Oh my god. Some of it I like the parts where he's like doing the kick and they show it in slow motion and then right at right before contact <laughs> they speed it up and you get that whap and you see like the guy's yeah. face on it distort and his glasses fly off and shit. This movie he, this movie is about I don't know, an hour and forty minutes long. It would probably be an hour and ten minutes long if you didn't have an any slow mo Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now um Chance Boudreaux um 
all he down on his luck because he was like ex special forces, of course, you know, goddamn who isn't in the fucking movies. There's more ex special forces than any other profession in the world. Um but he <laughs> I think he kind of he's 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 got a heart of gold, but he doesn't take any shit. I mean, he's not going to whip your ass, but if you're a jerk, he'll whip out the karate on you. Yeah, he yeah. That to his former boss on the Merchant Marine, so he can't. He's kind of out of work now. This movie does make a statement. I, I guess uh, I'm just waiting for my sneeze to come, but it's I think it's dissipating um, about homeless people. Um, he, there's a lot of stuff about the homeless in this and shelters and people living on the streets and stuff like that. Now they, like I said, they did say that, um, the policemen were on strike. So it's kind of almost like, uh, not, not as bad as RoboCop, but there's a lot of crime yeah. and there's only a handful of policemen that are, that Scab- are uh, scabs. That are, yeah, and, and uh, um, but considering that, that that New Orleans has like had or was rated as having the most corrupt police department in the United States of America, probably still does. Um, you know, who knows how much they would help anyway? But so you have um, this kind of uh, rich one percenter game where um, this guy um, he kind of creates his own niche of supply and demand and rich people that like guns um, and like to hunt. Uh, what, what's the movie? Was it the most dangerous game? Yeah. Uh, sort of like one of those deals where they always say, you know, the, the most dangerous uh uh, the most dangerous game is man, you know, because man can think and do all this and that and everything. So you sort of have that situation where these real rich ass guys will pay um, Lance Henriksen, who is the head of this thing, and he has his his second in command is Arnold Vassalou, uh, who this is the first thing I ever saw him in, and he really stood out to me. Uh, when I first saw this back in 93 in the theater, I was like, man, that guy's cool, you know, even though he's a bad guy. And he's like, you don't want to disappoint me. And I guess he's from like South Africa <laughs> in real life. Uh, if you've seen The Mummy, he he played yeah, The yeah. Mummy. Um, but um, you you get to see <clears> – they set it up where basically they're they're getting homeless guys. And they really kind of uh, – uh, research it uh, to find homeless guys that are ex-military, and they, you know, ha- it's, uh, they don't want them to have any family or any that anybody's going to ask any questions. And they say, okay, you know, we'll give you a chance to uh, to make this amount of money if you can just make it from here to a certain point. And the whole time, somebody's going to be hunting you. Well, not only is the rich guy hunting them, but they have sort of like. Uh, all of uh, Henriksen's mercenary guys that uh, they almost act like the the do- the hounds in a fox hunt. <laughs> right, right. They're going to push you a certain way or chase you and shit like that. Um, there's a lot of ridiculous shit in this that, that like, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> where, like I said, I, I was just almost laughing, or I was laughing, uh, where they'll be chasing somebody. And, you know, there's like all kinds of people. And, and like I said, it was kind of like a, a, a about uh, you know making a statement about um, the homeless where a guy will be being chased and they're trying to murder him yeah. and he's like 
going into a crowd of people in downtown New Orleans on uh, like Mardi Gras or something like that. And there's all these people out walking around drinking. And he's like, you got to help me, gotta help me. And they're like, I ain't got no change, man. You know, <laughs> one douchebag in the light colored coat. Yeah. It's just, I mean, but it, it's kind of like people, this guy has actually already been shot. He's running for his life. People are trying to kill him. And, and people are just kind of like, you know, Hey, you know, get, get the fuck away from me. You scumbag, get a job, you know, and shit like that. Um, so, uh, Nat, who is Yancey Butler and her big lips and big black eyebrows, she's pretty <laughs> worthless throughout the whole movie. Yeah. As, as when anything happens, she kind of uh, just gets wide-eyed and scared. She just fades and, off to the side. Yeah, pretty much. But, you know, that's all you're going to do when you got Van Damme just fucking, he can just do just about anything. <laughs> Literally, uh, in this movie, he can do just about anything. If If he all of a sudden in the middle of the street just jumped up and flew away i'd be like oh okay that works <laughs> or if right in the middle of, he put on a spider-man costume because there's times where he does some shit um now this is another movie where they run cars um on and motorcycles on jet fuel or triglycerin yeah. uh that's how that's what's in the the uh tanks or they must uh, the instead of being made of metal they're made of like plastic explosives because no matter i mean if a car gets shot at or, you know, there's there's a like a dirt bike, and it's got it gets two bullet holes in the gas tank. Now the gas tank probably only holds like two gallons of gas, and Chance <laughs> Dubois, uh, is, Boudreaux Dubois, what the fuck did I get that? <laughs> he he fucking goes. Now that's some pretty cool chase scenes and shit. But that one part where he gets on that goddamn dirt bike. And fucking head straight towards this like big GMC Yukon or something. <laughs> Him at full speed, climbs up, stands on the seat, and it surfs. Surfs on, yeah. And, and then <laughs> when it hits, he does a flip, hits the ground on the other side, gets up, shoots, and the fucking thing explodes now, like it's been hit by a neutron fucking bomb. I don't know how fast that you know it was either. It was either now. What's the term? Up up ramped uh, or ramp, or when they when they increase the frame rate. Yeah, yeah. I don't know uh, if it was part of it was that part of it was in slow mo. I don't know how fast the um, cranking up uh, cranking yeah. the uh, I don't know how fast the actual collision was. That was a pretty crazy stunt though. The guy that actually did it because it was a real you could tell like it was really silly looking because it's that you know that shit in movies you see a lot where they're not even actually riding the fucking horse or the motorcycle <laughs> where you, all you see is them from the waist up and fucking he's driving like 50 60 miles an hour on a motorcycle and his damn mullet is not even hardly blowing back in her <laughs> face behind him but he's supposed to be going like really fast <laughs> yeah, yeah so sure. well so i don't know how fast the actual stunt man was going when he hit the front of this car it, lo- it was a pretty crazy stunt though because the dude actually rolled over the top of this this yukon or whatever it was when it collided so it was pretty cool looking but now, the, the, pretty much, <sighs> Hendrickson is very intense. <laughs> he is so intense that when he plays the piano, they have a scene where he's playing the piano, and he's <laughs> like staring. I don't know if he was staring at himself in the mirror or if he's just staring off. And he, and you know he's not really playing, but he's acting like he is, so you can't see his hands except when they don't show him and they just show the hands he's playing this classical music and he's like almost sweating he's so intense you know playing this fucking <laughs> yeah, piano my, my note is just, play that piano was fucking hilarious my note is just lance playing piano and and he has and, and he lives in this big mansion and shit and he's got like a 
the, those um, like wingtip shoes that are black and white. They're right, like dress right, shoes, right. but instead of being all black, they have like they look like Gomer Pyle used to wear those on the like uh, um, Andy Griffith when he was on there, um, or Goober did. I think Shazam Goober. Sh- oh, like Goober. <laughs> but anyway, you no one would ever confuse Lance Henriksen with Goober in this movie. <laughs> no, no. Um, he is the bad guy. I, you know, I guess I think we can give that away. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but there's so much shit where, oh, um, <laughs> that like, one made it through. Van Damme, um, you, you have so many times with him leaping up and doing the spin kick or doing a regular kick and they'll show like a guy with a motorcycle helmet and his foot They'll, they have to show like the the foot wrapping around his neck or hitting the guy's <laughs> face or knock. They had several times where he knocked either a cigar out of a guy's mouth when he smacked him in the face with his foot. Oh man! Or uh, sunglasses a couple times. That was now, um that that was probably I, that was probably my favorite kill in the movie because it's totally ridiculous because for whatever reason he doesn't even flip this gun over he gets a gun in his hands and yeah, he just continues, he continues to hold it upside down and just uses his other finger just like click 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 to shoot the guy and this is What's, what i love about this movie because it's so it's so much overkill for the shoots, top stylized <laughs> overkill where you shoot someone you empty a clip into a guy that's probably five feet away into his chest and then, you then before he can hit the ground jump up and do a spin kick and kick him in the face oh my god it was so good because the dude i mean the dude was gone Tw- 12 bullets at least in the dude's yeah. chest and then he fucking just kicks the cigar right out of his mouth well, and, then, and then there's times where i mean you can say suspend disbelief but there was one shot in this where Van Damme shoots a guy and I'm not going to say who, but he shoots a guy with a 12 gauge shotgun from probably 10 feet away. The guy flies back (laughs) probably 30 feet lands. And I thought, okay, now wait a minute. Okay. Maybe he had a bulletproof vest on. He gets up. He doesn't have a bulletproof vest on. He just has a shirt on. Right. And it's a bulletproof vest. And then the guy gets up like he's never been shot. Hmm. Do you remember that scene? Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> I do. Sorry, I had a coffee in my mouth. But 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 you have to you have to just kind of forget about any yeah, anything yeah. that's like realistic in this. Um, like I guess Mardi Gras floats must also be made of uh, C four or plastic explosives or something. <laughs> Because oh I thought God. they were paper mache, and man, those things fucking just explode. Or the bullets that they shoot. Or some kind of incendiary. Well, Lance, Lance Henriksen uses this pistol or something. I don't know what this thing is, but it's like a single shot. They used to make those. Um, they're like a just a. If you had a single shot shotgun, it's basically a pistol like that, and they sh- they would shoot like a big round, like a forty four magnum, or even like a. Uh, some of them would shoot like a rifle round, but I knew a guy that had one of those, and it was like a forty four magnum. The, it just shoots one shot at a time. Yeah, the bullets he would pull out were rounded on the end yeah. uh, and there's a great moment when he's holding uh eyebrows captive and he's <laughs> like he just flips open the gun he's like load me and she yeah, that drives like a thing, you know. <laughs> that was pretty cool but uh that fucking gun was like a flamethrower him his and fucking uh the the gun porn moment when you get when you get the intro of this one but when uh chance gets his shotgun um the uh but the, both of them, whenever they fire, if they ever miss, if they hit a person, it's fine. But if they ever miss, it's just like a fireball. Well, um, and the thing is, and, and that's another thing too. Okay, um, 
he goes to see his uncle, who is Wilford Brimley, wearing like Santa Claus boots, rubber boots. <laughs> um, and he looks kind of like Santa Claus, sort of. Um, but he's like, do you have that, my .30-06? And, or the thir- and he goes, no, I sold it. And he goes, but I got your shotgun. Well, isn't that a- – <laughs> well, he pulls out this fucking 12 – like this big shotgun. But the thing is like all chrome. It's not even like stainless steel. It's like shiny chrome, the whole thing. Plus, he fucking has it up in the rafters, and it's just so dirty and covered with dust. It's like, well, Jesus Christ, motherfucker. That's what I would have said. First of all, when I gave this to you, was it all chrome, or did you take it to a fucking pimp stores or to, to, uh, where they, where they uh, put chrome on bumpers and get the whole shotgun chromed? I, I, I love that part when uh, he he blows off the shot the dust off the shotgun in slow motion and then he just turns around to eyebrows like uh like he was embarrassed. <laughs> he's yeah. like he's having a he's having a quiet. And they always like they'll, they'll, they'll play like that the the when they do the slow mo thing you'll get the one guitar chord just like the, the hot lips yeah and, and or I'm not thinking about the next movie <laughs> that was the next movie <laughs> but um, chance is pretty much. Um, more than they expect. Right, right. And um, you have a cadre of – when they decide, okay, we got we to gotta get this fucker, um, they uh, – Hendrickson not only gets his guys, but he goes and gets all the rich guys that he has – that ha- that have went on hunts with him before. Now these guys look like a bunch of fucking idiots. Okay, <laughs> I don't know why he went. Well, I, I know why because he he didn't just go get them and say, "Hey, help me out." He charged each one of them seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, and he said, "Whoever gets him doesn't have to pay." Right, 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 uh, right. So he's making money. Even this was the last hunt it was to get Chance uh, Boudreau. Well, the, the last hunt in. In New Orleans, because they're like, right. "Oh, we're we're fucked now. We, you know, we've killed a cop. It's time to leave." So he's like, and, "You know, I think he says something like, I want to go where there's rolling hills and castles. Eastern Europe would be great.'" Yeah. Well, and then, and then, um, um, one fun, funny part, or one guy that stands out to me. Now, this was just for me. Uh, there's this dude, this great big dude, and you would think, okay, if you're going like hunting or you're going hunt on a hunt or something like that, you'd have maybe on like some camouflage or at least something that's you know. <laughs> this dude has like a I I want to sort of say Hawaiian shirt. You're talking about this? It's the cigar dude. Yeah. Oh my he, god! I love when he, he got kicked like, in the he, face. He must have supposed to have been like a mafia guy or something because he was real big. Yeah. He almost kind of like if Kevin Nash could have played that part if he had short hair and and um and he had on a this white shirt that had big red flowers and black flowers and mm-hmm. shit all over it. And they even play up on that because when Van Damme finally fucking whips his ass or kills him or whatever, he looks down and he goes, sorry about the shirt. <laughs> you know? So that was pretty funny. They have lines like this is all pretty kind of tongue in cheek yeah. and done in a in a in a fun way. Um now you also have um what the fuck is that guy's name? A big fat guy. Um Oh, uh, I don't remember what it, I don't remember his name. Oh shit! But anyway, they have this guy who, um, when they're going to try and find, uh, is, is he Randall? No, Randall, Randall, Randall. Yes, him? you're correct. Yeah. Because Arnold Vosloo just fucks with this guy. He's like Randall, Randall, Randall. And the first time that Chance and Eyebrows, also known as Nat, uh, All right, see Nat Bug, so, huh? <laughs> the Bug. 
Yeah, the bug. Your mama name you after a bug. And it's funny because he. <laughs> I always love how Chance would say your mama, your mama, or your daddy, or your papa. Is she looking for her daddy, her her papa, and um, and then with that part where he goes, uh, you shall watch where you show where you flash your wallet. Um, <laughs> but they go to see this this dude that's in this sleazy. Uh, business where massage parlor. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Okay. Him. That's the front. He finds him in the the, the massage, the quote unquote massage parlor. Later. Right. It's like massage parlor. Well, um, they're standing there talking to this, to this to this guy Randall, and he's this big fat guy. I mean, he's really just obese. And um, they look over at the door, and here's Arnold Vosselu just standing there, and he just looks like the goddamn devil or something. I mean, he he does he makes no pretense that you know. Hey, what's going on, guy? He just is like, Randall, Randall, Randall. <laughs> when they look over, he just standing there like staring like a crazy person. And Van Damme's kind of like, okay, this is the bad guy. <laughs> let's, let's, let's leave, you know. Uh, now, there were several times where like that would happen. And then when they would leave, all of a sudden these bad guys would start chasing them. And that was, I think, the motorcycle thing when they were, and, um, you know, Van Damme. Can karate kick guys off of motorcycles? Oh, incredible! It was uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, but then the Randall, uh, he's really sweaty, he's really fat, uh, and he's scared. <laughs> you know, he's huge, but he's he's just scared. And um, he's getting a massage, and then from a hot chick, and he's like, Ugh. and you know where they have their whole fat face stuck down between those that <laughs> massage thing, and you could just see their face, and then. Of course, they do the switcheroo, which would have been really cool because the chick's giving him the massage, and he's like, oh, baby, oh, baby. And then Van Damme comes in, and he starts massaging <laughs> him. He's big, <laughs> fat, Damme, gross, hairy neck. Van Damme should have gave him the fucking, uh, what do you call it, the uh, happy ending. <laughs> 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 he smashes his face down on there. And then uh, this, the, the guy's just in there. He just basically gets abused. Um, Vasilou takes some shears or um, uh, scissors. And threatens it him. Cuts his earlobe <laughs> off, yeah. It does a, does a job on his earlobe. But when he fucking, he's trying to get away, and of course he's got this old piece of shit car, and he's like, man, I better get the fuck out of here. So he loads up an old crappy suitcase that's stuffed full of shit, and uh, takes it down, puts it in the trunk of the car. The trunk won't even close. The fucking back bumper is almost bent all the way off, and it's sticking out about two feet. And he gets in the car, and... And uh, he thinks, he's like, oh, fuck you. And then the next thing you know, he hears, Randall, Randall, Randall. <laughs> you don't want to, di- did he say, I can't remember if he said, you don't want to disappoint me or something like that. I he had this remember. catchphrase. But when he fucking um, uh, takes that, he has that big black shotgun that's kind of like Chance's shotgun, except it's black. It's actually cool looking and not like a <laughs> fucking stupid, like a Cylon. Pit my uh, shotgun. He fucking jacks his shell into it, just throws it up in the air and catches it, and then puts the barrel right down into the car. Man, he blew the fucking shit up. <laughs> it was like, woo! <laughs> <laughs> the window just caves in. It was awesome. But so anyway, um, you have uh, Chance on the run, and he goes to see Uncle fucking fat ass diabetes and uh Uncle walrus <laughs> yeah the walrus he is the egg man and he is the walrus um <laughs> he um or is it ape man is it ape man or egg man egg i don't man. know uh 
<laughs> so there's a big, like uh, they go on the run and there's a big shootout fight thing and Chance is so fucking awesome. <laughs> I don't know how many guys he killed. I lost track. I mean, but you see this. There's one scene that just is is just fucking awesome to me. First of all, even though these guys are like millionaires or billionaires and they're paying uh, Emile Fouchon or Fuckon or whatever his name, Lance Henderson's name, <laughs> uh, was it Fouchon? Fouchon. Emile, I don't know. Something like that, whatever. And anyway, um, even though they're paying him, he kind of abuses those guys because he's oh, like, yeah. get in there, you guys. And he looks at this one guy and tells this one guy, he says, like, you're a buffalo or something. He goes, you're a buffalo. He gets angrier and angrier as it goes along, and it culminates with his. Now, he really did this stunt, but his fucking jacket catches on fire, and he's standing there, like, just yelling, like, ah, and he whips this flaming jacket off. He's yeah, so but to pissed. me, it wasn't like. He was, I'm sure that, you know, well, you know, the Hendrickson, of course, doing the stunt, they put that shit all over him. So, well, yeah, you could tell you he know, had the goo uh, in his hair and everything. And, and you, you know, whatever. So it's, it feels hot, but you got to get the shot real quick and then put it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's not going to actually burn him. But it was almost like he wasn't yelling because he was in pain he was just pissed that his coat was on fire because he was on fire (laughs) and he was just pissed (laughs) I can't believe this motherfucker put me on fire fucker (laughs) and he just got madder and madder and madder now um god damn it it seems like we've reviewed this movie already what like I've already said this maybe I'm dreaming or something but anyway um you have two <laughs> really cool villains. You have Yancey Butler, who basically does nothing. <laughs> She's not uh, even eye candy. She does drive a convertible Camaro, which I guess speaks to something. Yeah, I think for the times, maybe like if it was, uh, I think if it was like in the maybe more the mid to late 80s, that car would have been a little bit more. Because I remember when people were like, oh my God, uh, you know, Firebird, Camaro, Trans Am, or something like that. But, um, <laughs> It's it's just so uh, oh and the goddamn now that one part where Van Dam I think is in his apartment or wherever shithole he lives in or whatever and that goddamn dove just flies up out of nowhere and he looks over and I just I mean I just expected him to say what the fucking hell is you know <laughs> why is this fucking pigeon in my room yeah the, the, um, they, I think I think Wu was fucking with us because you know he's known to have the fucking oh, yeah. doves in his movies and in this one it's slow mo pigeons everywhere they're like yeah. it's like the low rent dove. <laughs> And you had I've seen this in in several Wu movies where Boudreaux and uh, Pick Van Cleef, who is Arnold Vosloo, uh, they do the thing where they're back to back. Oh yeah, <laughs> like reloading, oh, like and they load their guns, yeah. and then they then they there's like glass or a window or whatever glass for that scene, and they oh, my God. they walk. At the same time, shooting, 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 get cover, reload, shoot, 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 shoot. Now, there's one part in this where um, Van Dam has a pistol, and he's got – he puts the clip in. And when he goes to run out, Yancey Butler goes, Chance, and she throws him a pistol. Well, he's already got a pistol. Now he's got so two. Just he that one, he's got two. <laughs> And it didn't really make sense. Now I could—that uh, would have been a lot better if he was out of bullets, 
and he didn't have a gun, and she goes, and he goes to jump, she goes, Chance, and throws him a fucking gun, but he already had a gun. Uh, you so, know, well, Chow Young Fat, you know, in his, in his woo yeah, appearances, he would always have two, so. But I really liked, uh, why I haven't, I, you know, I watched it, uh, I don't know. Like I said, when I first watched it, I just thought this was the kickest ass. But I didn't know who John Woo was. I loved all the slow motion, and I just thought, man, this is the fucking greatest movie ever. I mean, I literally remember thinking, God, walking out of the theater with, you know, like, fuck, that was so good, you know. Now I watch it and I laugh through the whole thing, <laughs> okay. and that's not a bad thing. No, no, it's no. fucking very entertaining, uh, but it's so funny. The 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 just. Van Damme and his, the way he looks, the I mean, his hair and everything, but the way Wu shoots everything, uh, so over stylized and over. Yeah, it's a, I don't know. And like you, you see Wu's films in Hong Kong, and you know those are stylized and and it, and it works for Hong Kong. So I don't know. This was his first American film, so I don't know how much he was just bringing over because that's what he did, or if he was doing it like, look at this hilarious shit I can pull in an, in a, an American movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, like fucking there's a guy that has and it might be the cigar dude. He has the fucking uh, like a, the crossbow shotgun like it's a gun. But nah, that was a, that was a different guy. That, OK, the, the cigar guy has the one with the shirt. This guy, the, I know who you're talking, the guy that has like shoots the, the bolts. Right. Like, so, well, if there's ever a crossbow bolt fired in this, it's going to be fucking as loud as a shotgun. It's like every time that the, I I. I Right when I saw this, I thought, man, I got to mention this, was when Wilford Brimley shoots his bow and it just <laughs> fucking misses Lance Henriksen's head. He just happened to turn and it went right behind his head and hit somebody else. And he was like, I mean, it was like, fuck, man, because it did look like, you know, it looked like, he, yeah. And well, and, and then he walking like running away from the fucking exploding house like Lance was right there, too. Like this yeah. guy was doing some stunt work. Well, and then, um. Um, oh shit! What was the other? There was yeah, fuck. I can't remember now. But there was a lot of shit. Oh, uh, how would you like to be in a gunfight with someone, and then they come walking out from behind whatever cover they have and just standing there, and and before you can lift your gun to shoot them, and they're only standing maybe twenty <laughs> feet away, they kick a fucking gas can at your head. <laughs> I didn't shoot it in your face. <laughs> 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 oh my god and then the dude's awesome. like i love that the whole fucking motorcycle with the dummy still attached to it comes that, flying that out of the window no no i mean it, 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 oh, that, so that good. dummy hung in there but it's just you know so much more ridiculous stuff i love the intro of jean-claude with you get a zoom in on the back of his wet mullet <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> oh so good but um the uh i mean like kicking you know beating the guys up around the camaro you got the um uh lance's ridiculous gun you know it reminded me of you know if you've seen the django unchained trailer or or even in inglorious bastards when uh christoph waltz was using that fucking giant pipe it's the same kind of thing it's like a vanity, yeah, yeah, yeah. vanity weapon and he just like he's just like pausing there in the part with the train just aiming slowly um you know lance giving the stupid the, all the not stupid but the the funny lines like the dude when he gets bit in the face by the snake is like you will die quieter <laughs> Oh, the goddamn snake. How about when Lance Henderson, the big fat guy, was in the um, in his office? I think it was in his office. And Lance Henderson puts his foot up on his belly. And you can obviously tell that the fat guy is holding his foot there. 
Oh, yeah. It was just, and he's just like pushing against his it stomach. Like well, they did the same thing to the guy that got bit. I forgot about the fucking snake. That was so absurd. It wasn't even funny. <laughs> the biting, you know? the, biting he the punches a fucking snake, oh. and she thought he was gonna fuck. They're on the run in the goddamn bayou, and she thinks that he's just gonna stop. They're out of breath and shit, and fuck her. Did <laughs> Did you he's see? Like, close, um, close your eyes. Why? Why? And, and oh, also. Yancey Butler must have smoked a lot of cigarettes because she had a voice like oh, this. <laughs> She's like, "Why do you want me to close my eyes?" Did you see? Uh, did you like China, kind of. Matt Tuzaka's, uh Halloween costume. What was it? He he actually dressed up as Chance Boudreaux and the, Who did? He's got, Matt Tuzaka. He's got a fucking oh. on, his, on, on on his on Chuck Chuck Norris ate my baby. Blogspot.com. Um, he's got a picture of him, and he's buck fucking biting a rattlesnake rattle with his fucking mullet and his denim shirts. Uh, it was look. It looked great. Um, What's wrong with him? <laughs> uh, let's he's see. He's a grown man. Pissed off Lance, flaming jacket, family, blah blah. I think that's about all my notes. <laughs> flaming blah blah. He's an annoying fucking little insect, and I want him time. stepped on. Uh, and, and, and and like you said, it's only you know. I thought it was only an hour and a half, but it went quick. Yeah, yeah. It was. It's a little over an hour and a half. So, but if you watch it with your headphones on, people. Oh, they, yes, I do see that. Uh, if you watch it with your fucking headphones on at, at like work or something like that, people will will. Uh, probably wonder why you're like laughing and snorting out your nose and shit like that. Well, we can get we can get into our ratings here. Oh my god. Uh it's <laughs> uh, for what it is, for what it is, I swear to god, I almost want to give it a 10. <laughs> because it was so fucking entertaining and so absurd that I really got I really enjoyed it. More than a lot, most of the movies that I have seen in a long time, yeah. just from beginning to end, funny. But I won't give it a ten. <laughs> this is rated R too, mm-hmm. so they should have had some fucking in it. Or yeah. Van Damme. I'm surprised he didn't show. He always seemed like he liked to show his ass. I'm surprised he didn't show his ass. Charles Boudreaux. He didn't even um, take his shirt off. Uh, let's see. Let me think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God damn. Oh. Because there's a part of me that that say it was so stupid. That, <laughs> you know, but it was oh my god. Sorry. <laughs> 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 um 9.25. Nice. And, and and I'm trying to think of why I'll t- I'll tell she you she was just bad so I'll, that it, knocks it down that knocks it down I didn't like her and um I didn't some of the like right in the center of the film some of the stuff with the the detective and yeah it, yeah, it, it, yeah. it, dra- it drags well, about when she put that cake with the fire she caught the goddamn desk on fire she got a little fucking cake with a <laughs> yeah. candle on it instead of blowing the fucking thing out she puts it with the candle lit in the desk drawer with a bunch of paper. Um, I'm wavering between an 8.75 and a 9. I'll just say 9 just to make it nice and even. Um, I fucking love this movie. Uh, it's, it's, it's hysterical. It's nice and short. It's fucking like the slow motion is ridiculous. The, you know, Lance Henriksen is over the top and awesome. Um, this is just fun. If you've never seen it and you're a fan, I don't know. I'll say this. I like this better than the killer. 
This is like John Woo's oh, like yeah. masterpiece. The, the killer has this stuff with the blind chick in it, and yeah. this doesn't have any of that bullshit. Let's see that love. This had some <laughs> love. I just think that I I don't know the killer. I remember when I first heard about it, I was like, I gotta see this, gotta see this, and I liked it. But I liked Hard Boil better than The Killer too. I need to watch that one again because I've not seen that since high school. So mm. we had that. I worked at a video store, and that was one that I rented because it, it had just come out on video in the United States, and I rented it, and that's the last time I saw it. So, um, but yeah, nine to nine point two five. It's a good little f- f- <laughs> fucking movie there. So mm-hmm. uh, let's take a break and come back and review <laughs> quite a different one, uh, but more uh, ridiculous Lance Henriksen with Dead Man from 95. We'll be right back. Yesterday, during the preparation of those putrid little twins I captured, I tuned into entrails from the skeleton closet. God damn it! I was hoping to catch the newest episode before tonight's feast. That mic are the shit when it comes to odious cinema. Well, that's what I've been trying to tell you. I became so enthralled in the show that I negligently dismissed both children as being dead. After dissecting and boiling the boy, I realized that the girl had escaped the house and taken to the forest. How could you be so reckless, you old fool? Check out Entrails from the Skeleton Closet for reviews and discussions on genre-specific exploitation, horror, television, and general cult cinema. It just might save your life. But your brother's totally fucked. You know, we could pickle that little boy and save him for the solstice. Ooh, yum. should have played some music from Dead Man, but Dead Man from 1995, uh, directed by Jim Jarmusch. Sam, would you like to uh, introduce it here? On the run after murdering a man, accountant William Blake encounters a strange Indian named Nobody who prepares him for a journey into the spirit world. (laughs) Um, Like I said, from 1995, this is starring Johnny Depp as William Blake, not the poet, although some people think he is. Uh, Gary Farmer as nobody. Um, And uh, as we've already said, Lance Henriksen as uh, one of the three bounty hunters that end up after William Blake, and then a lot of other people. Um, As often happens in Jarmusch films, I think, you know, you get uh, random appearances by uh, (laughs) unexpected souls. Um. I had never seen this one before. I am a Jarmusch fan, but his his films for me, maybe it's because I'm kind of stupid, but the <laughs> his films for me can be a little dense at times, so like hard for me to, I guess, figure out. So I have to uh, tackle them at 
the right time, I guess. Um, the um, it starts off with a quote: "It is preferable not to travel with a dead man." I don't know who Henri Michaud is, but um, this is a what this film is is it's and it's funny. I was thinking on the way home the other night from work. We haven't done a Western in a while. We should really do a Western. I was totally fucking forgetting that we're doing one this week. So, but it's really more of a kind of a Native American story. And Depp is a kind of a nerdy accountant from Cleveland. Um, There's a good joke about Cleveland in there. And um, he's traveling out west to take a job in this town called Machine. And um, what it ends up being, unlike most Westerns, is a story about like a, a Native American journey. And um, it's funny seeing a really big, fat Native American because they're usually portrayed as, you know, <laughs> like real strong, like dudes, usually their shirts off. And then mm-hmm. you got a, you got Farmer here who's, uh, <laughs> he's not a skinny Rotund. dude. Yeah. Um, but... Um, so really what this film ends up being is kind of a, I guess, a, a journey to death as far as the Native American view goes. And also kind of a, I guess, you get to see a lot of different, like a, a clash of cultures. Um, you get to see, you know, Depp moving from nerdy plaid suit, European version of America, and the farther west he goes, you know, he starts wearing furs. He gets paint on his face and or blood, maybe maybe even so. Um, so yeah, the uh, I, so what are you going to rate this movie? <laughs> <laughs> the um, I love the way that I, I I I'm glad this film is in black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks fantastic, and I'm I'm a sucker for a, a contrasty black and white. Um, when I've done. Uh, even my own photography in the past, I've, I always, you know, up the contrast. I just think it it's nice and striking. And w- w- this opens with a with a train scene, and I love the way it's shot. Uh, you know, the, with the the contrasty black and white, the train looks great. Um, nobody's talking, so I like I like the way that's set up too. Because the first five minutes of the movie are just you know Johnny Depp looking around. He's falling asleep sometimes. He's looking out the window. It's how but, shitty, boring, and shit that fucking train ride probably right. was. But you got these it just goes on and on and on. You got all these creeps looking at him, just like looking at him because he stands out. I mean, he's not, you know, he's obviously he looks like a with. fucking jackass. <laughs> and, uh, but the um, and I gotta say, Crispin Glover can out weird Johnny Depp any day of the week. Uh, mm-hmm. Crispin Glover, I, I guess he's the he he's the guy that shovels the coal in the in the in the in the train, in the steam engine, mm-hmm. but he comes in and, you know, basically telling he, because he's standing out, he sits down with Depp and is telling him like, you know, basically by going to machine, you're probably fucked. This is the end of the road kind of thing. And <laughs> there's some, you know, great lines about the, you know, the, the, uh, and this is, you know, this is the kind of thing that it re- I really have to think about what it is that exactly means, but he talks a lot about like traveling on a boat where it looks like the horizon's moving with the boat staying still stuff like that. And, that can all be tied back to, you know, the whole, and that, that's a, a common theme in a lot of, I guess, death journeys in different religions and stuff is traveling, traveling down a river of some sort or across water. Or, um, but, uh, 
when he gets to machine, that's when you really see like this is this is the white man's vision of the West. It's dirty. It's fucking like everybody looks miserable. There's like dead people, dead, like skeletons everywhere. There's fucking like um, ram's heads. Like there's one side, one wall that he walks past. There's got to be like 30 fucking skulls on it. Yeah. Um, there's a, <laughs> a woman giving a very rambunctious blowjob in an alley. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she just <laughs> gobbling it. Uh, <laughs> the dude pulls a gun on him. He's like, oh. Um, <laughs> Why don't you take a picture? So it's always a, it, <laughs> he he just man. What did you think of the? Uh, well, well, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Now the um, it was just a thing I remember a long time ago when we f- first. I don't even know if we had our show at the time, and uh, I posted on uh, Gentleman's Guide's page um, movies where animals take a piss or a shit. Oh, I and the did shit. you see that horse taking a fucking piss? And <laughs> Depp's walking down it. the middle of that muddy street, and he looks over, and that horse's dick just fucking hanging out about three feet and just starts pissing. Oh my like god, a I geyser. Totally that. I must have been taking that was a note. Awesome. <laughs> I think the that horse, was close to the blowjob thing, right around there. I think the I think the horse. I must have I must have done the note for the blow blacked job. out. No, the when the horse is running along the uh, the bank of the river later in the movie and his tail's all stuck up, I was like, he has to be shitting with his. With yeah, his t- yeah, I did see that because they <laughs> have that certain thing they do with a tail <laughs> to get it out of the way of the turds of the road yeah. apples, um, horse apples. So I don't know if these are just Jarmusch's friends or what, but he must have put out a call for some grizzled-looking actors because <laughs> everybody is a character actor in this movie. There's Johnny Depp is by far the best-looking guy in this, and everybody's looking looking worn and a little haggard. And well, you get one like you get a you get a uh, one good-looking like Indian chick later in the movie, but um, Gabriel Burns not a bad-looking dude. No, but he's uh, he's not in it for long. So, <laughs> so um, when when Johnny Depp shows up in Machine, um, he's looking for the main, I guess, factory, and I don't know what they exactly they produce there except fire and dirt. But the uh, <laughs> it's funny. He's like, where do I find? You know, I forgot the guy's name. Um, Dickinson. Or the boss, yeah. or whatever, and the guy just points at a sign that says upstairs, and it's like this, you know, impossibly stall, tall staircase he has to crawl and uh, climb up, and it even looks like a, it even looks like in this room, it looks like a, a accounting sweatshop. There's just dudes sitting at these tiny little desks, like a classroom almost, and he's like, "I'm here for the job," and apparently it took him so long to get out, they've already refilled his job, and but he's like, "Well, I need to see, I want to see Mr. Dickinson, if I, you know." I need to get this sorted out. Um, so he goes well, in. I like when they were all just laughing in his face and shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he goes in and the, and John Dickinson is the legendary Robert Mitchum. Um, Robert Mitchum has a nice mullet. He is, he's, uh, he talks to a giant stuffed bear and he pulls out a gun on, <laughs> on William Blake. Um, but this is where the line comes from. He looks at him for a second. He's like, where'd you get that suit? Cleveland? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, actually, uh, I did. Yeah. <laughs> totally random, but I love that line. So, uh, at this point, everybody starts asking for tobacco. Um, this is a running line in the movie, and it's got to mean something. And I was hoping that you understood mm-hmm. this reference because it's don't brought up I just, a lot. I don't know. You know, I don't it's know. Name tobacco. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not. I mean, it's just like everybody. Yeah. 
and and he always he you know he never does. He's like, I'm sorry, I don't smoke. And you know, it could be you know that this is, and I just don't know enough about the culture, but tobacco is kind of a. It was a little differently viewed in the Native American culture, I would think. Then you know, it's not just a cigarette; it's a, you know, you put it in a pipe and you sit around a fire and that sort of thing. Um, so maybe it's just a, a different view again, kind of contrasting Eastern Western as far as the United States goes. Anyway, um, there's some there's some great use of uh, I mean, and I read this that they actually use real. Uh, Blackfoot and something else, a dialogue in it, and Jarmusch chooses not to subtitle it. And apparently, they use some, they do some in jokes and stuff. So if you understand the language, it's they actually saying some funny things. Well, I missed out on that then. Right. Well, they're not subtitled, so you're supposed to. The motherfuckers. Um, but uh, in 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 this is when uh, at this point after he gets thrown out of the factory basically and he's kind of out on his own he spent all of his uh this is the sorry uh william blake uh johnny depp's character he's spent all his money to get out here to machine and they never really say where it is it's just some it's 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 west of ohio yeah yeah and um so now he's moneyless and he's out in the middle of nowhere he doesn't even have money to get back (laughs) home and this is kind of when the whole downward spiral starts and his just journey towards death the ultimate death and you can you can just tell like that has a feeling like this this whole thing because everybody around him is nobody's safe in this movie. I'll just say that. Um I don't I don't know that anybody lives, honestly. But um you know, he meets a woman that sells these paper flowers and it's, you know, kind of a an interesting choice to use paper flowers. She does, she's not selling real flowers because that would be I guess too natural or whatever, but she puts a drop of perfume in every paper flower but i did like when the guy kicked her out of the bar she was trying to sell flowers in hear him yell we'd like you better if you was a whore (laughs) 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 but she has a gun and you know he asked why you know johnny depp like kind of rooms with her i don't know that they don't they don't say whether or not i mean he does look at her and she has some glorious titties he fucked her did he because i I didn't know if they yeah they screwed they were laying on the bed and yeah that's what i wasn't sure about pretty sure and uh she was i don't know who she was was that mealy avital i don't know i didn't know who she was either she's a good looking good looking lady but um uh there's a shootout with uh, and you get gabriel byrne here and gabriel byrne ends up being mitchum's son in the movie and he comes in after a long absence and finds them in bed together and he's not happy about it and he decides he's going to pull a gun and she shoots him and there's some great I was surprised. I figured this is a pretty low budget movie, but the 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 blood stuff they yeah. use in it is pretty good because it it comes out of people's skin. Like usually, I in these thought movies, it looked really realistic, and how they did it uh, was um, probably you know you always see like Clint Eastwood in a in a fucking movie in a gunfight or whatever, and he shoots and it's like boom, you know, and mm-hmm. and the guy flies and spins around and and this was more like you know. They shoot, and if you ever hear a gun go off like inside inside somewhere, the sound doesn't carry, and it sounds more just like a popping sound. And right. then, like the like, I know what you're saying. Like the bullet holes and stuff, really. The people would look shocked. to me. It seemed like what it would really look like. Plus, then the, almost like the awkwardness of it, like uh, when Depp shoots back, mm-hmm. 
And, you know, we always see, okay, all you do is point and the first shot hits them right in the chest or in the head or something. Where I think it would be more awkward where, you know, people are nervous or scared and stuff like that. It probably was more like that, more realistic. He rolls over in bed and he rolls over on her gun and he's like, why do you have this? And she's like, because this is America. (laughs) Yeah, it's America. You got to have a gun. But, um, you know, he shoots her right in the tit. And it goes all the way through her and hits Depp, and then he shoots back. And you know, and I don't think I don't think uh, Dickinson, uh, uh, sorry, Gabriel Byrne was expecting it. You know, he's like he looks shocked, like what the fuck? This guy's like going to shoot back, and you know, and then he shoots him right in the neck, and he falls down. But the you know the blood looked good. I mean, Mm -hmm. um, so this is when you know Depp is like, yeah, I should probably get out of here, and then then. he took a header in the mud. <laughs> he did. He did it right in the mud. And the and it was a, a great looking scene where he's hopping up on the the horse to drive away, and the horse is running over all the paper flowers that have fallen out of the window. And it's a, it was a pinto. A pinto, yeah. yeah. And Mitchum wanted that pinto. <laughs> the shitting pinto. <laughs> yeah, I think he cared more about the goddamn fucking pinto than his son. <laughs> and I wanted uh, that pinto back. And Mitchum kind of. I don't know if this was his last this, movie was his, or not, but he movie. almost sounded like when he was talking, like he had had a stroke or something. He was this, like, the, you know. I did read that too. I don't know. His, he just, his voice sounded kind of like around his mouth or something. He died two years after this. So yeah. This was he was pretty movie. fucking old. Yeah, he was. Oh, God. Actually, he was How about old. the big picture of the big uh, painting of him? <laughs> I loved it. It was kind of crazy looking. Yeah. He had that shotgun. Well, then he carried he had that shotgun all the time. <laughs> um, uh, so Johnny Depp flees. Mitchum puts out the call. And, and this is kind of when the big journey of the movie starts. And so Depp is out in the wilderness now. And he meets uh, he meets Farmer, uh, nobody. And his, all, his Indian name is... Uh, what was it? Speaks, talks loudly, but says nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but he's like, I like nobody better. So, and so nobody mistakes him. He he was a character. Reason, he was as for an engine. He he was raised by uh, white people. And well, you wonder if all that was true. Well, no. well, I mean, it's, this movie is so dreamlike at times. You've kind of wonder even what the hell's happening. Because I mean, he even said, didn't didn't he say that people thought he was full of shit when he tells that story? Or yeah, yeah, but he did know the t- poetry of William Blake, so. Yeah, and, yeah, and that's, that's true. And he thinks that De- that Depp is actually, at the very least, I guess, a reincarnation of William Blake. But I mean, he seems to think he actually is William Blake, even <laughs> though Depp has no idea. He's like, I don't. Yeah, know Yeah, it's like it's strange you don't know your poem. You can't remember your own poems. <laughs> so, and I think maybe if I was more familiar with the work of William Blake, honestly, the only William Blake exposure I've ever had is Red Dragon. <laughs> so, um, but may- maybe I would kind of get the themes of this story a bit more um the uh when we get introduced to the three um the assassins that mitchum hires <laughs> there are some characters too you got uh you got lance henriksen he's got gold teeth um that's the one thing about the black and white i was gonna ask you because i thought when i was watching it i was like does Lance Henderson have fucking gold teeth? Yeah, because but it was so, since it was in black and white, they were shiny, but you couldn't really 
tell as much. Well, they were metallic at I, least. I, could, you know, I, I, I assumed that they were supposed to be gold teeth. Yeah, and, and you could see, I, I feel like there was a moment when you look at his mouth and you could actually see, because you know when they do gold teeth and kind of, you can kind of see the backs of, like the, how they wrap around like where the tooth would have been or something. Like You can see where they're attached. Um, but he's, he's really quiet and creepy. And for whatever reason, now you posted an image of him with like a like this Van Dyke goatee wearing this like look like a matador costume. I thought that was this. <laughs> now that was from uh, Quick and the Dead with okay, uh, okay. DiCaprio, Gene Hackman, Sharon Stone. So when I saw that, I thought it was going to be where they have the gunfight contest. Right, right, and and I should have known better because it's a Jarmish film, and you know you're going to get people being very quiet and stuff. I should have mm-hmm. known he wasn't going to be over the top, but I thought he was going to be you know loud and <laughs> flamboyant but he's not at all he's very he creepy. was in that one he he was the loud flamboyant right, 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 right. guy and and he, i'll just say without spoiling anything he has a shocking dietary habit <laughs> mhm <laughs> and a and a, from his legend his sexual uh, past is kind <laughs> right, of right right uh, right odd the little gray area there too yeah a little weird now he travels with Eugene Bird, who I did not recognize, and uh, Michael Wincott. Now, he's got a very distinct voice, but I'm trying to remember. I think maybe he's in one of the Alien movies. I know he was in The Crow. Um, I feel like I've seen him a lot more than just a couple movies off the top of my head. But yeah. he's one of those I read, guys. I, until you said that, I, I forgot that he was like the like the bad guy in the crow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I almost bought that on goddamn Blu-ray at the 788 Walmart bin. It's been that for a while, I, so you didn't miss out. It's been it's been around that price at different places. So. Yeah, I just didn't pull this drink. And who was John? Okay, so John Hurt is in this, and I don't even remember who he plays. He was the guy in Dickinson's uh, office that was like, you oh, can't the, go see him. Ha ha. What a fucking crooked the main eyeball guy he had. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. was uh, the... the not secretary, but uh, Dickinson's second in command. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, I love when nobody and Blake come across the three random people sitting out in the middle of nowhere. Um, <laughs> they have all these skins hanging, and they're making beans. Um, oh my god! This is, this is <laughs> that one guy. I had no idea who the fuck it was, and I heard that his voice, and I was like, "Exactly." Is that who? A- I is it Billy Bob Thornton? <laughs> <laughs> so Iggy Pop is wearing this like old milkmaid's like bonnet and a, and a dress, <laughs> like and a he's woman. making the beans. Um, and then you have Billy Bob, who looks like a goddamn caveman with this huge pointy <laughs> mustache. And then you have now I've talked about this guy recently too, but you have Jared Harris is the third guy. He's, yeah. he's a British actor. He's been in Mad Men, who I liked him a lot in, but he was I've been watching Fringe, and he's in that. Yeah. Um, I like him a lot, and he's still good in here. So he's been doing stuff a while. But uh, the three of them, Billy Bob, just has he. I know he's like I think he's isn't he from Arkansas or something in real mm-hmm. life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, he's he knows how to um, use profanity in a redneck <laughs> way that makes me laugh my ass off. He's good, uh, and I I love the 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 ask of. Iggy Pop to read a uh, read a, a prayer, and he reads something about beheading Philistines, and they use that word a lot too, Philistines, yeah. which is, I believe, a Philistine is somebody that 
like shuns art and stuff like that, like an uncultured person. And they, and Billy Bob's like, what's a Philistine? He's like, well, that's a really dirty person. Yeah, they were, that was a big thing in the squid and the whale. Okay. The, the, uh, Jeff Daniels, who was just like this self-important asshole. And he told his son, you know, you don't want to be like the Billy, William Baldwin was a tennis pro. And he's like, you don't want to be like him. He's a Philistine. You know, he doesn't, <laughs> He doesn't appreciate art and yeah, yeah. finer things and everything. And he's the little kid's like, nope, I'm a philistine. <laughs> the uh, but the, you know when they're checking out Johnny Depp's hair and he's like, how it was you? really soft. <laughs> he's like, how do you get it that way? Keep it like that. De- Depp's girly hair. He's like, my hair's like a bed of straw. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Oh um, god damn I'm hit. God damn it that burns. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, god damn. Uh the the um He was shocked. <laughs> again, I mean, more shocked that he got shot. He got shot in the fucking foot. morons, but they were fucking they were entertaining. The, I, um, I like how Depp just sat there. He was like while they were I thought they were gonna fuck him. Right, right, or something. Is that, was that the gist of it? They were going to, I knew they were going to take his shit. I think they were gonna, just going to steal his, I don't know, maybe. He's like, I don't know. he's mine, this one's mine. Well, the last one was yours. Well, God damn it, I don't give a fucking shit. This one's mine too, God damn it. <laughs> the, uh, I, there's a lot of little touches in the film that I just, I, that I like. Um, I'll tell you one thing that a, a lot of movies like this would miss is when uh, nobody paints Blake's face and, yeah. It actually wears off throughout the movie. It takes place over a couple more days after that, but it's it's flaking off and stuff, and it's like they actually took the time to realize, oh, well, it's not, you know, his paint's not going to change from one scene to another unless it looks like it's wearing off. Right. And the same thing, like, there's these two, um, two more guys, because Mitchum gets tired of the three assassins, I guess, or waiting for the three hitmen, so he just puts the wanted posters out everywhere. And so all everybody's out hunting Depp at this point. But you got these two, and this is a weird thing. But both of them are completely bald when they take their hats off. Yeah. But what I liked about it is you could tell how dirty their faces were because when they take their hat off, both <laughs> of them had these like super shiny domes on top of their heads where it was perfectly clean under their hat. Did you um, see what their names were? Uh uh-uh. uh One of them's name was Lee, and the other one's name was Marvin. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think I read that. Lee I read Mark. that. Yeah, yeah. And Jarmish is a big Lee Marvin fan because he <laughs> looks. He. I mean, they have that like some club called the Sons of Lee Marvin. Oh, that's cool. And he kind of looks like Lee Marvin, sort of. But the Jim um, Jarmish man looks like Lee Marvin. There's the it, it, the the. I guess the film starts to get a, a lot more. I guess symbolic and little. I guess metaphysical by the end. Um, the it becomes less about like a plot the second half mm-hmm. of the movie and just more images and stuff. There's a, you know, the great scene where he finds that dead deer and it doesn't really make sense, but it just looks really good. Like he, it's almost like he's embracing death. He's finally just got gotten over the fact because at this point, nobody's said, okay, you're kind of on your own and he's taken it, taking his glasses away. So he has to like look at things a different way, I guess. Yeah. And he's finally embraced death at this point. Cause he finds, that thing looked pretty real. I don't know if it was or not, but that's it, what I was wondering. If the almost what makes you wonder if they weren't just out in the forest shooting this and they found a, like a dead fawn, yeah, and said, "Well, you know, let's let's, let's make it work." Because it did look real, and it, you know, the so I mean, it's almost like he's embracing death at that point. I mean, he he spoons this dead doe or dead not doe a uh, fawn, yeah, 
Um, um, and one thing I really appreciated too about it is the the handling of the Native American culture, and you know, they come up on an Indian village near the end of the film, and it's wild looking. I didn't know that, and I, and you know, I did read that they were pretty accurate with, you know, they did they did extensive research on dress and everything like that, mm-hmm. but. I never, I didn't know, have no idea they had these like walled villages. I mean, this this was crazy looking. Either. Like it was, like, it had a door. To me, it like, looked. I, I almost like thought it was kind of strange looking, but it was almost like uh, I would think it would be almost like more like an Inuit, like an Eskimo mm-hmm. kind of a thing. That's what well, it looked like because it was right on the river. It looked like a haunted house. <laughs> it looked like a fun yeah. house. The entrance. Well, to it. I mean, it just depends. I guess some of the tribes and stuff depending on where mm-hmm. they lived. Like, because when he was going across the plains, you know, he saw all the teepees and shit like that. But these these Indians seem like they lived more along the, like I said, like along the waterways and the rivers and stuff like that. You right, know, right. So that was, that was strange. Um. So. Uh, it, I don't know. It's 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 hard to talk about the end of this movie. You can't. It's hard to spoil because this movie is really more about the journey than it is the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, I want to hear your thoughts on it. Actually, I liked it. I just uh, thought it was good. Oh, cool. We're getting to our rating. <laughs> no, uh, I I liked it. I like Jarmish's movies because he is it, just he has such an odd take and an odd. Uh, it's never what you expect. Yeah. Uh, or, I mean, I guess if you know his stuff, you might expect it to be like this, but it's not, it's something totally different. It's, um, uh, and, and this one is just cool to watch. Like you said, the black and white looks really good. The spectacular. There was one scene where they were going through, um, like the forest and, um, I don't know what kind of trees they were, but they were they weren't like great big huge trees. They were just like these white barked. Those are cedar, uh, cedar thin trees, trees but there was just a lot of them. It looked really cool. Um, the um, oh, no no just, no not cedar. Um, go ahead. What are those? Those are uh, they they have them in like Colorado and stuff. Ash. Uh, I gotta yeah, look maybe. that up. But then 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 just not only that, but watching it. Um, just to see all the different people he he has this crazy quilt cast of characters um birch and birch trees yeah just just seeing who shows up and and they're they're just small parts like i'm sure some of these people he probably contacted and said uh you know hey we're only going to need you for a couple hours or maybe yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. the day or whatever. <laughs> um, now the, also, the movie, one thing that, that was different in it too was I've seen like, you know, some Westerns before, like fucking young guns right. where they use rock music. Well, this was Neil Young did the music for this and yeah. it's basically just him. Um, he did it. He, it was improv. He yeah, was, with his guitar, watching, and yeah. he must have just been watching the the dailies or the movie, <laughs> and he would just hit some chords here and there. It worked for a little while. Yeah. Uh, by the end of the movie, you're like, Ugh, it's yeah, getting a little yeah. old now. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. But it was different. I mean, it was it was it, it gave it a different feel to it. Yeah. Um, I, like I said before, I think that. Um, you know, you see a lot of westerns, and this one was done more in the 
kind of sort of like there was a uh, like dirty this movie Dirty Little Billy with Michael J. Pollard, mm-hmm. where it's they, they did a lot of these in the late '60s, early '70s, where instead of taking the Hollywood version of the Old West, they take more like a more realistic version mm-hmm. or a more realistic view uh, where not everybody is a fucking gunfighter. Not everybody is, you know, you have the people in the town. Uh, there were a lot of, a lot of prostitutes and a lot of women in these towns. The only women that were there were prostitutes because they truck them in from, you know, just, just for that because they were mining towns or towns that, uh, like, of some kind of industry um i have seen in old west books lots of pictures of like when you said when he's walking in the town all these like big huge piles of deer antlers or uh you know you would see that from um where they would kill the buffalo they'd kill so many of them and and that was part of the thing where they would skin them and they'd just be these whole skeletons of just big giant piles of bones. Oh, the uh, like the, the way people dressed. The the train uh, the train scene where everybody's like shooting out of the side, like saying the government is like you know paying people to shoot buffalo. Basically, yeah. uh, it, it was it was pretty realistic. The the real super muddy streets because you know they didn't have you know any kind of pavement or gravel or anything like mm-hmm. that, and it was just a muddy mess all the time. Um, like I said, I think the violence. Um, well, God, that one time when Lance Henderson stepped on that guy's head, <laughs> okay. it looked like his head looked like a fucking melon or something. And they had just put. Uh, to me, it almost looked like they they did uh, got somebody in there that knew that they could do like a a mask or uh, you know like uh, with uh, makeup. Because when he stepped on the he, for the guy was already dead, <laughs> and and, down, and like you said, there was a lot of spiritual stuff. Like that guy, the the two ball headed guys got shot, and oh, and um, he, when he fell down, it looked like he had almost like a some kind of halo or something. Yeah, yeah. and Hendrickson even said that, but um, but then for no reason he just like squished that guy's head, <laughs> and, and I mean you, I, I don't give. A, I mean, even if somebody's dead, your skull is like one of the hardest parts of your body. So someone <laughs> could go over and probably stand on your head and it's not going to squish like that. But you could just tell it was like there was a melon or something underneath there because mm-hmm. it just squished. <laughs> and it was really gross. It was effective. It was really gross. <laughs> it was like, what the fuck? And I, I love when um, when um, they had the three bounty hunters, Lance Henderson and, the, and then the African-American kid. Uh, and the other guy, and Henry, that that one guy, he never shut the fuck up. He just talked all the time, a bunch of bullshit. And when he, um, I like that that they kind of how they at least the guy that talked all the time, he looked down on the African American guy, like he'd be like Hendrickson would be like, "Go feed your horses," and then he'd turn around and look at the black guy and go. Go feed your fucking horse, you know, like talk shit. But but he was he was completely illiterate, and the African American kid could read, 
And that's what I always said, you know, not to get into the election thing, but when people say, fucking Obama, blah, 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 he doesn't deserve this. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, you're superior. And he went to Harvard and was the head of the Harvard Law Review, is a lawyer and everything else. And these people I work with are just dumb fucking rednecks. And they're like, <laughs> fucking motherfucker, blah, 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 you know. So anyway, um, I, I really like the movie. Um, yeah. I try and, you know, Jarmish is uh, – He's not somebody that I'm like, you know, he's my favorite, but I know every time I watch a movie that he does, it's going to be challenging and interesting, and his perspective is going to be odd, and he's going to have some odd, strange people in him, but not to the point where it's like, oh, this sucks. It's always usually... The the fact that he even decided in the mid-90s to make a movie, a a Western, from the Native American point of view, essentially... I, I really enjoyed it, and I, this is the second time I've seen it, and uh, I, it's been a while. I remember seeing this box in the video stores for a long time, and I thought, "What the fuck is this?" You know, it's probably—I <laughs> don't even, you know. Uh, and then when I first saw it, I really liked it. Um, yeah, and and uh, the reason we picked it was because of Henriksen. But he, yeah, I mean, he's almost like he's really just a uh, an image in the film more than anything else. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, but that's about all I have. I mean, you covered it pretty good. Cool. Um, well, uh, yeah, this is this was my first time seeing it, and uh, this, it was good. Like I said, there's some stuff that I probably don't get that I think maybe a little more research than a revisit yeah. would help with. Um, uh, if I had to, I guess, complain about anything, it's the the Neil Young score gets a little bleh by the end, but uh, I, <laughs> give it a, I give it an 8.75, and I think it could go up by watching it again. What'd you give it? Eight point seven five. Oh, you cut out again. I just heard seven five. Oh, eight point seven five. Okay, <laughs> eight point seven five. Hey, it's Skype, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I give it uh, eight point five. Eight point five. <laughs> I, I just uh, had we, flashbacks. We talked about this. I swear. I mean, the last couple of weeks where Skype has been has fucked up on us. Yeah. There's several, several times where I'll go back and listen to the show and I sound like the biggest asshole in the world because you're talking and I just keep just talking and talking. <laughs> no, I just had, a, it reminds me of, um, Ev at work because whenever anybody gets a new sprint phone at work, I have to call sprint to get it activated for them. And they, they ask for this fucking code every time you call and their codes are retarded because you have to, they have a bunch of uh, S's, F's, T's, D's, and B's. So you have to, when you tell these people on the other other end, on a cell phone in a loud store, you have to be like H, T, as in Tom, B, as yeah. So I just made I just that totally. Was, what was funny was I like I I heard you say something and then like point seven five uh, and then I was <laughs> like. Eight. What was that again? I only heard myself. And then, of course, the second time, it cut out at the exact same part. And I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's take a break. Eight. Let's take a break. And uh, come back. We'll we'll do a little feedback. (laughs) We'll be right back. A what? A what? Hey, this is Scott of Married with Clickers. Tune in to hear my wife Kat and me discuss all sorts of movies. We'll cover everything from The Lost Weekend to Weekend at Bernie's. From The Big Sleep to Big Mama's House. Well, maybe not Big Mama's House. 
And the great thing about Kat is that she's not afraid to speak her mind. And would you be surprised to hear he was nominated for Best Actor that year? For that film? For that film. <laughs> but don't take my word for it. Just listen to what the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema has to say about our show. Oh, it's a husband and wife show, and they discuss movies and stuff. Yeah, a very wife-husband show. High praise indeed. So come find us at marriedwithclickers.libsyn.com. It will save your life. Or maybe just help you kill an hour. get a chance to see Mike Watt live, I recommend it. I don't know if he's still doing his music thing, but he's pretty entertaining and he plays for like three hours. It's awesome. Mm. I like it when he teamed with Junkyard Dog. <laughs> Cowboy Mike Watt. I met a lady, late when I say lady, she was probably like 23. I met a girl at the Apple store yesterday with the same last name as me, so we started up a conversation over it because I asked her, cause I asked her where she was from, huh? and she's from where near where I grew up, so... But she said her uncle's name was Ernie Ladd. And I'm like, hmm, there was a pro wrestler named Ernie Ladd. She's like, I wonder if, you know, she was like, I don't think. Oh, I just started the intro to the show. You should have said, was your uncle six foot nine and 320 pounds? And black. <laughs> I did. I said, I said, oh, Ernie Ladd was a famous pro wrestler. And she's like, that oh, dirty blah, blah. leg, like, suck a dog, dirty like, roads. I was like, well, he was also a football player and a black guy. She's like, oh, okay, yeah. not no relation. But, did um, he have? Did, 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 when you went over to his house, did he have his thumb taped up? And if you made too much noise, he jabbed at your throat. <laughs> the um, but I love uh, the big cat. I even my, though he was a Republican. Uh, if, even what? He was a Republican. Oh, that's so weird. The um, big time, big time. I uh, so I you know I emailed my mom and she said no, there's actually two lad families from this area, and as far as we could tell, they're not related. So she must yeah, be. From he was from other. Texas. I just said my last name. Oh well. Um, the I guess it doesn't matter. I'm on fucking Facebook. <laughs> Time for feedback. Um, we got some voicemails. If I can find <laughs> them. There we go. Giggity goo. Giggity giggity goo. I don't know who this could possibly be from, but they've appeared to have stolen the Cinemasticus phone number. So let's see who this is. Following in the footsteps of the magnificent red waffle, I, the Cinemasticus, oh, good. It's or just the yellow jacket waffle, that's when uh, you get a blue waffle and it's filled with yellow jackets, um, and cuddling from work on this shitter. That is right, we are going to make this trend, we're going to make this trend worldwide. Shit, getting paid to shit, baby. Woo! And I'm not talking about Transformer movies by Michael Bay. No, 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 I'm talking about... There we go. I'm talking about pooping. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. All right. I'm, uh, I'm still uh, in the middle of listening to the uh, post-70s exploitation. Uh, a little behind. Uh, for some reason, my iTunes wanted to download the episode, but didn't want to put it on my podcast, so my MP3 player, so I had to 
downloaded the copy from the website, put it on myself, so that's why I'm a week behind. But I'm going to catch you up, and then tomorrow night, or hopefully tomorrow night, I'll listen to the uh, Lance Hendrickson double, you know, because he's my best friend, and uh, he, he tastes like fine wine. Uh, oh, and I really can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about his movies. Alrighty, uh, I'm going to finish pooping. I'm going to get back to work. Bye-bye. Uh, if he doesn't get to it, maybe you guys can just listen to it on the way to Indianapolis tomorrow. Yeah. Because <laughs> I know you'll want to listen to it at some point. All right, I, I listen to our show. I'll I, admit it. I do not. Um, You're probably the wiser one. Next voicemail. <laughs> I fucking love everybody, by the way. <laughs> I love that fucking people call in and do Sylvester Stallone impersonations. I mean, I love that Sylvester Stallone calls us. This is a great. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've already called he calls the too. show, but I've decided I wanted to give another take about that Dread movie that y'all <laughs> talk about so much. But first, before I get into that, I, I want to talk to Dr. Zom because I, I heard that Dr. Zom talks a lot of crap about my movies, you know? I mean, he, he doesn't think I'm a good actor. Uh, I think I'm too funny when I'm not really funny. I mean, what was a zombie all day? He talked about his poops and, and eating shit in the bathtub. I mean, what's so funny about that? I mean, hey, I put on my glasses. I write some really funny stuff, you know? I mean, did you ever see stuff on my mom will shoot? I mean, yeah, that was pretty awesome stuff, you know, man? But... Anyways, that Dread movie is okay. I mean, he doesn't take his helmet off. That's a pretty bogus move there. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the new Anderson, she, she's pretty fine, but not really my cup of tea. I mean, she's no Joan Chen, if you know what I'm saying. But also, uh, no he doesn't say enough catchphrases. I mean, he doesn't throw off like, oh, I knew you were going to say that. Or, oh, no, no, no. He doesn't say that. No, really. And he doesn't have Rob Schneider in the movie. I mean, hell, Rob Schneider, to me, is like Bobby De Niro and Martin Scorsese. I mean, we make magic happen, you know? But I guess it's okay. Oh, yeah, and I guess that little fucker, but Mikey like that movie, too. But <laughs> Never anyway, heard of him. That's all I got to say. Excellent show, except for that Dr. Zog guy. Who doesn't, hate my, who doesn't like my movies, you know? Really, don't you hate it? I think he was yawning too excited no. to call in <laughs> I think Sly might have called back let's see Uh-oh. this one might not play we can't do dread like I can do dread. I, I, I was the definitive judge dread. I love that he just completely forgot that he called in for the exact same comments earlier in the day. <laughs> I've read four or five of them comic books before I did the film so I was really invested <laughs> in it and you know I did all the hard yards reading really isn't my forte so to speak I uh, took me a good six months to get through those four comic books 
But uh, I think <laughs> I had a pretty good handle on who Dread was in uh, Carbon is a Carbon asshole. Because <laughs> he sort of looked cool, but yeah, he, he, he couldn't do it like the slicer. <laughs> You know, they didn't even have the cut piece or anything, so, uh, so yeah, I, I had that shit down, man. It was, it was a real fun ride, and my film did better in the box office, and, yeah. <laughs> it did. So, uh, fuck them. Fuck all of them. I'm the fucking greatest. Yeah! He sent a slice on the tired or something. There's something a, wrong with him. I think he had a stroke. What was up with that? <laughs> I like how it cut off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next voicemail. Uh, oh, no. Not Slee. Hi, this is a call like no other you've ever received. <laughs> is this Slee again? <laughs> and you may be interested in bringing home more cash like I will. Fuck these people. I, I'd like to have some more cash. I'll forward it to you. All right, next voicemail. Uh, yeah I hope you heard that Um, it's all your fault you turds (laughs) (laughs) after your virus episode last week I got a really sort of snotty nose uh, sort of really dry throaty cough um, and my uh, my eyes went all bloodshot and they're all really fucking bloody and horrible looking and, um, yeah, it's all, all your fault because of your virus episode. Thank you. Yeah, his eyes looked fucked up. Did you see that picture? That doesn't sound like Sylvester Stallone at all. <laughs> didn't. To me. I'm sorry for making you sick, Sly. Actually, uh, somebody else. I know we got another celebrity call in there. Yep. Um, one. That's the last voicemail. Hello, Silver and God. This is Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> And you are reviewing my movie, Art Target. Art Target. Uh, in Art this movie, Target. I have the big mullet. Uh, it was uh. a very uh, wise decision of me to have this mullet because every woman that I meet was making this movie, I'd made love to. Uh, so any single <laughs> guys out there, uh, that's a JCVD tip. Uh, to get the ladies. Um, one uh, thing that uh, Jean Wu did not put in the movie <laughs> that I pleaded for was for me to have a twin brother to uh, help chase me. Uh, so there would be a good me and a bad me. I would be paid twice and we would make twice the money because everyone loves two Jean Claude in a movie. If you don't believe me, see all my movies where I am in there twice. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we need to do a Jean-Claude movie sometime. Oh, wait, we just did. And a Western. How about <laughs> a, a Jean-Claude Van Damme Western Is film? there such a thing? Are there any JCVD Westerns? JCVD? I don't know. Well, that's it for voicemail. Thank you, Jean-Claude and others. So next week, or, I'm sorry. Well, Gene, Gene, Gene Cleed, Vandom. Uh, we uh, thank you all for calling. Um, so next week, we're gonna try to get us out a normal episode. 
Thanksgiving is right stuck in the middle. Man, that chick he just posted on there has just guy tits all the way. That's so gross. <laughs> it's awful. Kurt Russell used to yeah. blow his nut on those all uh, the time. Yeah. I'm just looking at a dude's chest right there. Um, well. The, um, I just lost my train of thought. Oh, right. Thanksgiving is next week. And we are uh, giving thanks by reviewing a couple more Uwe Ball movies. <laughs> um, what? The, oh, uh, yeah, I guess we are. So we're going to be joined. I forgot that he fucking directed this turd. By the king of the uh, Sly impersonations. <laughs> Mikey from Action Attraction is going to join us next week. Now, like I said, Thanksgiving's in the middle, so we're going to do what we can. To god damn, our fucking ribs even stick out. That's so gross. Um, eat a biscuit. Uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna work around Thanksgiving as best we can. Hopefully, we can all be on the show all at the same time for the entire show, but we'll see. Anyway, Mikey's gonna join us. We're gonna do a couple Uwe Bowl movies. We've been talking about it for a while. We're doing In the Name of the King one and two. Yeah, um, in the name of the king. Um. Yeah, that is. Uh, wait, did Uwe Ball do those? Yeah, Dungeon Siege Tale, Uwe Ball, uh, another video game movie. Um, this one, the first one, starring Jason Statham and somebody I might hate more than Statham, Lily Sobieski. God, she uh, sucks. Uh, and then, uh, in the name of the King, two with the gold himself, Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so it should be a fun show. We're excited to have Mikey on. And, um, it might be a fun show. I'm not sure it's going to be a fun. Uh, oh wait, Natasha Malta. Where do I know her from? Blood Rain she's, Third uh, Reich. Blood Rain Three or Third Reich, right? <laughs> nice. Yeah. So maybe she'll show her boobies. Uh, wait, you've I've seen, seen this one. Okay, so um, in the name of the King, and in the name of the King Two next week with Metal Mikey. Uh, so you can always send us feedback to 206-339-1600 or silvagoldpodcast at gmail.com. And we love music, singing, and we love impersonations. Do it. Um, an ex-Special Forces soldier. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course. It's the truth. I wish they'd make more movies with ex-Special Forces soldiers. <laughs> um. And uh, let's see, yeah, uh, just find us on iTunes and silvaandgold.com or, and join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash silvaandgold. Um, happy birthday, Demise. And yeah. um, yay. She's a singer. She is a singer. I love when she calls in and sings to us. Um, I think that's about it. Dom, do you have anything else, sir? Uh, no. Me either. I don't think so. I'm going to go watch Mandrill to record the Death Rattle Movie Club tonight. So you guys check that out. I'll mention it again next week. Death Rattle Movie Club number seven. My choice. Mandrill. Muckers of Roar. It all, it's awesome. It's awesome. So, spoiler alert, there's my review. Uh, until next week, this is Low Foot. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. Bye.